All right, welcome to the Sports Eats Los Angeles Chargers podcast. We thought we were done until the new year. We are not. We're back a few days later since I waited to upload upload after the Christmas festivities. With Shane and Brandon, how are you guys doing today? Excellent. Yourself? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Yeah, pretty good. So you ask, why are we putting this at the front of the podcast that we did on Sunday? Russell Wilson got cut, so we got to talk about this before I upload it because we're not recording until the new year. Shane, are you shocked? Are you surprised? What What's your instant reaction to uh, Russell Wilson getting the boot from Denver? You know, I'm not shocked that this ended up happening. I'm more shocked the way it went down. Um, you know, and the reason I say that is because... <laughs> We we've been talking about it that it just seemed like Russ and Sean Payton weren't really the best match, and you know there there were times where they were yelling at each other on the side. Well, really more <clears throat> Payton was yelling at Russ on the sidelines, but then it just was not. It just didn't look good, uh, to put it mildly. And so, you know, I was thinking, yeah, maybe, you know, after next year or something, they'll think about getting rid of it. But no, they're not even sticking out to the end of the season, um, which is, it's just kind of crazy how, <laughs> you know, I, I was looking at him as the season was going on thinking, yeah, you know, he's doing pretty well this year, which, I mean, I genuinely thought he was pretty good, all things considered. <laughs> And, you know, I guess they have other plans. Uh, you know, they, they say that it's entirely a financial thing with the, his whole weird injury clause. Um, that's BS. It, it's not <laughs> just a financial thing. Uh, I'm sorry, but pay attention to how they're, you know, how this whole thing has unfolded. Um, and just sort of the weird... Aura he has around him in the locker room because it is weird, <laughs> objectively. Um, yeah. Now I'm just thinking, you know what? What does this look like for both sides? Uh, you know what is it? What's next for Russ? What's next for the Broncos? And I'm sure we'll talk about that shortly here, but. Anyways, uh, really quick contract details here: one hundred twenty-four million fully guaranteed at signing, um, and then the dead cap hit that they are going to pay on March first is eighty-five million dollars. If they waited until twenty twenty-five, it would have been forty-nine point six, and they had a potential out in twenty twenty-six, but they weren't going to wait that long, apparently. Uh, they had 85 million in dead cap room. Uh, I don't know too much about like all these injury clauses, um, but uh, Brandon, your thoughts on Russell getting cut? What was your instant reaction? I, I mean, I didn't. I, I when I saw that he was getting benched, I'm like, well, I mean, their season is over. That I mean, that you know, Chad Ryland just ended your season. Pretty much, they're um, still in playoff contention randomly at this point, but it's basically done. Uh, but yes, continue. Yeah. 
So, you know, basically, you know, they that right there and there the season was over. But if this had been brewing for months, especially with, with how much they have invested in him and also how well he's he's played given, you know, like you said, given the circumstances, it's still a shock. Um, you know, you look at uh, like what's your future plans now? I mean, you know, there's already been, you know, rumors of you trying to drop guys at the trade deadline earlier this earlier this season, you know, guys like Jerry Judy were floating around, even Pat Bertan. Um and now you cut your quarterback who's got a massive deal. You've invested so much into him. You 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 brought him here. You know, you know, last year was kind of a throwaway, but this year you're being brought in John Payton to fix him. And that hasn't worked, and him and Sean Payton are butting heads. It's it's as as the people would say in today's uh, world, it's a disaster class by that organization. Um, I look at it as kind of the same the same thing. You know, Shane was saying, where the hell do they go from here? I I don't know where they go from here. I mean, I you know your your backup right now is Jared Jared Stidham, so you're going to be in the market for a quarterback. Um, I I don't know where he would go after that. I don't know where he's going to go after this because I don't know how. Many, I mean, listen, he, he has a good season statistically, but he's on the back end of his career. What are you going to pay? And you're not Russell doesn't want to be a backup, so and he's he's not. I don't think he's going to take a backup role. Uh, so I mean, I don't think you don't he is to, a backup at this point. Yeah, he is, but but in his mind, you know, he you know he definitely thinks he's not. Um, well, I don't th- I don't think he is. No, uh, I think he I, is. I think he one hundred percent is a backup. I just, I like, I, I mean, so you think you think there are thirty two quarterbacks in the NFL better than him? Yes, he was the fiftieth ranked quarterback last season. Yeah, that was last season. This year, he's like top ten. <sighs> yeah, I don't. Statistically, Brandon, yeah, go ahead. But you got to take into account how his Seahawks tenure ended. It wasn't great. How his Broncos tenure started wasn't great. I mean, this is the only good year he's had. It's like, in terms of rebounding, this is the best year he's had in what three years, four years. So it's not more. So, I mean, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and say that. Like, you know, it's Russell Wilson. He's a he's a big name. He's a brand name. He's a Super Bowl champion. You know, all these things that come with it. I mean, but when when you look at it at this point in his career. Why would you want? I, I listen. I, I think he has starter potential still, but why would you want him to start for your team, given his age, given the fact that he, he we know he's on the decline? Who wouldn't? Who in their right mind would want to take him? And on top of that, it's also to take a lot of money that comes with that too. Um, you know, because Russell Wilson's not cheap. So, well, I mean, um, I'll be honest. I would think that if someone offers him. A starting role, it's going to be for significantly less money. Like no one's going to, no, yeah. he's going to go through waivers. No yeah. one's going to take him, obviously. And then we go, and then you're looking maybe two years at twenty million, maybe. That that's what I'm yeah. projecting. Like I don't, yeah, I don't know. No, like, yeah, yeah, no. I, I think that ha- I think that's probably what's what's most likely going to happen because you know you'd be crazy to give him anything crazy. Um, but is he going to take it knowing him? I mean, like, I don't know him personally, but given what we've seen the past few years, is he really going to take something like that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, so, 
So that's why, like, I don't want to say his career is over, but given all the things that we've seen in the past couple seasons, past few seasons, and what's transpired here, like, would this be the end for Russell Wilson? Is this how his career ends? Just like this? You know, it's like, it's, you know, it, it's it's a really murky, very gray area situation. It's like we, no one knows what's going to go on here because nobody expected this. But I guess once you're, once that season's over and once they saw that, you know, once the front office saw that, hey, you know, that he's not – I mean, he had a good season this year, but he's not He's not getting us to the playoffs and he's not – you know, he brought him in to, to push this thing along and it's not going anywhere. You know, it's like what – where do you go? Like – for Russell Wilson at this point, I, I just I think the only place to go is down or out, and you know with it, I mean he's got a massive ego, so you know I don't think down's an option. So if it's not the only one, the only option's out. Um, it's just it's confusing. I mean, like it's it's it sucks because there's so much money tied up into him. But as the more I'm thinking about it, I said in the chat that Deshaun Watson's contract is the worst NFL history. This, given how this is transpiring, like the, the, if this isn't right next to himself. it. Yeah. Like if this isn't right next to it, I mean, then I don't know what is, because this is terrible. This whole situation is terrible. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of things with this. Um, I have no sourcing on this, but this is, this is how I feel about this whole thing. Uh, Number one, just from a widescreen view, this is one of the worst trades and contracts in NFL history. Seattle, amazingly, I think we all missed it when that trade went down with Seattle. That Seattle, I think, knew he was on the decline. I honestly think Pete Carroll in that front office knew. And and we saw it. I think I think Shane, you can speak to this. We saw some some declining. I guess pieces at his last years in Seattle. I think that they they got out of Dodge at the right time and got him at his peak value, and his peak value was a ton, um, a ton more than we yet ever expected. So Seattle, one hundred percent won this trade. As, as insane as that sounds, from day one when that trade went down. Two is I said last year that if I was the Broncos, I would have cut him immediately. I the cap hit I think was a hundred, a hundred and fifty million, and I even wanted to cut him last year because I just said, "Look, this contract's ridiculous. You're just stuck with him. If you want, if you're, if you feel comfortable, you're gonna have to be stuck with him." The Sean Payton thing. I'm gonna be honest. I feel that again. I have no sourcing on this, but if I, I'll be real. I think Sean Payton said, in order for me to accept this job. You're going to give me one year with Russell Wilson. And if I don't like him, I'm going to cut him. And, and, and I think that's what happened. I think realistically, Sean Payton said, he went into their, that interview and said, look, I'm not the biggest Russell Wilson fan. I will try to fix him. But if I can't, I'm going to cut him. And I'm going to get a guy that I feel comfortable with. As weird as this sounds, I think the Broncos won this in that way. I think the Broncos are going to look at this and say, okay, the only reason Sean Payton is going to do this is if he doesn't like Russell Wilson and if he has a plan. I don't know what that plan is. Is that plan Jimmy Garoppolo? Maybe. Is that plan a rookie? 
I think that's more likely. I think the only reason this move got made is because Sean Payton said, I don't like this guy. I'm going to cut him. I know it's a huge cap hit, but I have another plan in mind. I have my guy. I have my Drew Brees successor, if you will, for this organization. Whether it's a rookie, whether it's a free agent. That's the only way you would have made this Bo move. Nix. <laughs> Possibly. Go, baby. Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. Right? Like, he has yeah. a plan. No, I, no I'm, I'm joking. And yeah. he has a plan. And whether it's trading up, whether it's getting a free agent, he has a plan. And he wouldn't do this if he didn't have a plan. Now, what is that plan? We'll see in the span of the next six months. As of right now, though, if I'm like I'm looking and seeing, oh, Atlanta will pick him up, well, whatever. Like all these teams, just honestly need to start fresh with a rookie. I, I don't like New England. Maybe I don't freaking know. Like I'll, I'll be real. I'll be real honest. If I was an organization, I know there's going to be an organization dumb enough to overpay him. I don't know who it will be, but I know there will be. But I think second, right? But I think secondly, if you look at his free agent market, I, I, I don't know why a team would want him for even two years, twenty million. I don't get it. Why? Why get a guy who's clearly a diva, who clearly is going to, at the end of the day, want to do things his way? Because he looks at year one with Nathaniel Hackett and probably goes. I should have made that work, and I'm going to do this with this new franchise. No franchise is going to want that. Again, I don't. I look statistically, people are freaking out because he's better than Mahomes. Be quiet. If you watch him play, <laughs> if you watch him play, it's significantly worse than what Mahomes has been this year. Regardless of statistical acumen, he has been significantly worse. And part of it is that we're viewing him from the lens of hey. After last season, he needs to improve. I think he has improved, but it's not been tremendous. But uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I think Russell's at a place where he's going to have to find a landing spot. And someone is might give him the money that he wants. Some of them might give him the starting spot that he wants. I think some teams are going to be as idiotic as possible to do it. Uh, if not, you're looking at maybe a year or two left at, at a starting job. Come to think of it, I remember Russell Wilson talking about playing until he's 40, 45. Uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, so that's my overall reaction. Is I think the Broncos did the right thing, did the thing they should have done last year. I guess the cap hits better. Cut him, cut your losses. It's one of the worst moves in NFL history. You cut your losses, you move on with a better head coach than what you had in Nathaniel Hackett, significantly better in Sean Payton. Let Payton pick his quarterback and figure out the rest. Because uh, regardless, I don't need to seem the Super Bowl contender anymore, but give Peyton this guy and figure out the rest. It's the right move. And as for Russell Wilson, uh, yeah, this is certainly a fall from grace. Uh, but really quickly, let's talk about kind of the beginning of this with the trade, with the contract. Brandon, do you think this is one of the worst moves in NFL history? I mean, just... just from the Russell Wilson side of things, you know, I mean, the guys on, I mean, the Broncos on the Broncos side, what, you know, what you're, you had to know you were getting a player in decline. I mean, the Seahawks knew, knew they were giving away a player in decline. 
Um, you had to know, like, listen, you had to know the guy was going basically to a a worse situation than what Seattle had. Um, you know, going from basically being a consistent playoff team, not towards the end, but but a consistent playoff team throughout his tenure there, going to a team that basically had a bunch of younger but pretty good guys, but you know, it's not a DK Metcalf, it's not a Tyler Lockett, it's not those guys you're playing with anymore. You're playing with, you know, what, what who's your best receiver, Jerry Judy? And Corbin um, Sutton. Yeah. But, yeah. But uh, you know, that's pretty, I mean, not far, but that's pretty significant drop from those two. Um, you know, it's it's just on that side of things, I mean, uh, you know, if you're Russ, you see the money, but it wasn't, it, it really wasn't worth it. If you're a, a you know a Broncos fan, I mean, I don't know how the hell you were even hyped about that. I mean, you knew there was nothing, not nothing left in the tank, but you knew there wasn't a whole lot left in the tank. Um, and I mean, on the Seahawks side, I mean, do you consider that what? Do you consider that a fleece, pretty much? I consider it one of the greatest wins ever. Yeah, that that is so, that is one of the great. That is one of the most lopsided trades ever. Yeah, which is insane. I look, look at look at the the return you got for it. You know, like it's someone just said. I actually just saw this on on social media. What was it? The Seahawks have the funniest thing to do in offering a seventh round pick to bring Russell Wilson back. They um, wouldn't actually do that because the money would be crazy. But yeah, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not as simple as that, but still, it, it was just funny how, like, if you're the Bronco, if you're that front office, how can you look at that? Even like, we knew it was everybody knew it, that it was bad at the time. Well, you know, a lot of people said, "Oh, you know," because you hear Russell Wilson, you think big name, you think, "Hey, Super Bowl champion," all this stuff. You know, I know the Broncos are probably blinded by that, but to give him that kind of contract after the trade, which was already awful to begin with, like. What is going through your mind in the front office there? Even even with him, like how many times have we have we said it? You know, just getting a quarterback doesn't help you compete for a championship. You can actually have a team there. Well, they uh, thought they did, and also I'll just say one more thing, uh, Brandon, on this. Russell Wilson wasn't going to play there if he didn't get a new contract. Yeah. He was not. So yeah. there, there's that too. Yeah, but to but to but to get the kind of money he did is also is still outrageous for a guy in decline. Um, but then again, we always talk about the quarterback market, right? Like, what quarterbacks get paid, and the market is absolutely ridiculous. Um, that's a whole other. Well, that's not even a whole other story. That kind of ties into this. Look at them. Look at look at how them, how bad the market is when you have you know a Watson and, and Russell Wilson contract, and now you have Daniel Jones making forty million a year. That he does not even come close to deserving. Um, so it's a joke. It is, so it's it's literally bad on all accounts. I mean, the Seahawks. I mean, that's great for the Seahawks. But if man, if you're the Broncos front office, you didn't just whiff. You literally like if this was an MLB postseason, you probably just went over thirty, and and basically struck out with the bases loaded and nobody out, or with two outs to lose the game. So. You know, this, like that's, yeah, 
I'm almost at a loss for words at how bad it is because between I, I'm still stuck at thinking about which one is worse, Deshaun Watson or Russell Walter. I I'm like I mean, and like the more I think about it, the more the Russell Wilson seems worse. So yeah, at least because because at least he was cut. Um, yeah, it, it's a tight race. Shane, what, what what is your thoughts on everything that happened with the trade and the contract and how you think it stacks up in NFL history? Yeah, I feel like the uh, Deshaun situation, his contract, um, I felt like that was a bit worse just because at least, I mean, in hindsight, you could argue that maybe it wasn't, but like at the time when they were signed, you know, they were the Browns, I think, um, you know, it, it made a lot less sense to pay that much for a guy who hadn't played in an entire year, who also had lots of um, off-field issues going on. Um, you know, and, and I'm, it's I'm a sure fully, you guys have heard about full, that. And it's fully guaranteed. That's part of it. It's mm-hmm. fully guaranteed. Oh, yeah. Right. So, I mean, I think that's definitely worse, but... Um, but you know, I mean, this isn't far behind. It's, <laughs> um, it, you know, it's it's um, it's just it's interesting. I I I remember when this when this trade when we got the news about this trade, and I was um, what was I doing? Oh, I I was cutting a tree down. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> It's the most random it's thing ever. Pacific, Pacific Northwest it's, activities. Yes. Um, most people around here are tree huggers. We're tree cutters. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I'm joking. Um, no, there, there was a, there was a tree on our, on our lot that was, it was like, it was kind of dying and getting ready to fall in the house. So my dad was like, yeah, let's just get rid of the goddamn thing. Like, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so, so we were out there cutting down this tree. He used to be a lumberjack. So he's got all these, you know, tools and equipment and whatnot for it. I fail to see how this is important, but okay. No, 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 no. So it's a, where were you story? Where were you when story? Yeah. Cause everybody in Seattle, you know, they they say everyone remembers where they were when 9-11 happened or when the Challenger exploded. But everybody in Seattle remembers where they were when they heard this news. Okay. This is just this is just a fact. Yeah. I was at home. So we were I was cutting sleeping. Down a, of course you were. Um, so we were cutting down a tree. Um... <laughs> And I get the, I start getting these notifications. And I was like, what the hell? And I pull out my phone and I was like, oh my God. You know, I told my dad and he was like, what? And then he, who, I mean, he's a football fan, but not like, he's, he's very much a casual fan, you know? Even he says, Denver? Question mark. Like, why does he want to go there? And, I was like, yeah, that's my <laughs> that's my exact reaction too. It just never felt like a good fit to me. It I was like, really? I 
I don't know. I just I didn't see it, and I still don't. And well, now he's leaving. So clear, clear, it, clearly, I, you were right. I guess, but um, I was like, okay, interesting. Um, so, anyways, and then he was like, oh, okay, and then we, you know, went back to cutting down the tree, but um, <laughs> I was just, I was just sitting there thinking, I was like, this is bizarre. Um, and then, uh, and then I was. And then, you know, the last couple of years, just been tracking it as it's gone down. And, um, you know, I think it's, I think keeping Sean Payton over Russell Wilson is the right move. Um, you know, I think Sean Payton is, he can be kind of a dick sometimes. That's <laughs> among other things. Um, you know, he's, he's a little shady, but, you know, I do think he's a very good coach, um, and I mean, it's it's clear to see when they had Russ last year uh, with a different coach who was um, not even a good coordinator, in my opinion. But they are uh, they were crap last year, and now got the same quarterback, but this new coach, and they're way better. So obviously, you know, the coach is the guy that's that's making that happen. And yeah, I think I think they're probably looking at drafting somebody. Uh, that would be my guess, especially considering um, the financial situation they're going to be in with all this, <laughs> and also just the fact that there aren't there aren't like a ton of great already active quarterbacks that I anticipate will be on the market so i mean unless they get just like a bridge guy or something but i mean you know we'll we'll see um in other words i don't think they're going to try and trade for a franchise guy again and as for right what oh yeah 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 not gonna yeah yeah no i i, I hear you um <laughs> They're gonna get Joe Flacco. No, oh, um, God. no. Um, and as for Russ, where he goes, I there are several teams I could see making him offers. But the thing with Russ is because of his status and his celebrity wife and various other elements. He's not just going to sign anywhere. Um, I mean, let's just be honest. Like if let's say Cleveland offered him something, he's not going there. Like no offense if you live in Cleveland, but um, he's not, he's not going to sign there. Um, Neither, neither him or Sierra would want to do that. I don't think same with like Minnesota. That's one that I, I could see making an offer. Um, depending on what all goes on with Kurt, it seems like they're more or less done with him. Um, and then, you know, there's teams like Chicago. They were interested a couple of years back. I feel like they're probably going the route of Caleb or some other college quarterback at this point. But, um, but I mean, I, you know, 
that's something that I could see. Um, but I think there are three, I think really there are three spots where I could see him playing next year. Um, they are Vegas with the Raiders. That would be number, well, in no particular order. Number one, that Las Vegas Raiders. Number two, Atlanta Falcons, like you said, Robert. I think that's definitely a possibility. And number three, I could see Tennessee making a move for him. And Oh, likewise, God, Two rookie quarterbacks and Russell Wilson. Oh God, our young quarterbacks. Likewise, I could see him being interested in Tennessee because he'll look at it like, "Oh, they got D Hop. That's great." And they, you know, and I'm sure Sierra would be happy to go there because that's Music City, USA, um, or you know, one of the big music cities. So I could see that. Um, same with Atlanta. That's a very, you know, a lot of entertainment industry related stuff going on there between film, music, whatnot. Um, and then Vegas, you know, same thing. And those are all three teams that, um, you know, I feel like are, they are going to want a new quarterback, but aren't really looking to like, maybe aren't high enough to draft like the guy that they're going to have right now, you know, um, <clears throat> unless they trade up. But to me, I, I feel like he is going to go one of those three places. I really can't see him going anywhere else. Um, I've just thought about it in my head. It's like, I don't see a situation where any of the other 29 teams have mutual interest or have interest and he has interest. Um, but I could be wrong. I mean, I don't know. I see a lot of rumors. Unless you were Philadelphia last year. Guys. Well, yeah. Um, God bless America. Uh, but you know, I, I, I've been seeing a lot of rumors online that <laughs> about a Seattle reunion. No way no. in the hell that happens. No. Um, no. I, I, don't, don't, I don't want that. I don't want that either. No I thanks. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know what's thing. I don't think. Regardless if Pete Carroll gets fired out, which I don't know if he will, but I don't think he's been that great this year. Regardless, we've talked about he it. He won't. He probably won't. But because Pete, Pete, Pete Carroll's going to die in, in that position. Oh my god! Yeah, seriously. But, but regardless if Pete Carroll's there or not, nobody in that front office likes him. Nobody. Nobody he in that front Russ. office. Yes, nobody. Yeah, I can guarantee no, I that nobody can, or nobody has any like for that man, um, in that front office. Uh, here's the trade: uh, Russell Wilson, Yamani Urike go to the Broncos. The Seahawks got Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, Charles Cross, Boye Mafi, Tyreek Smith, Devin Witherspoon, and Derek Hall. Jesus. There you go. Oh, man. I think both of them on the Broncos side got cut. Eureka might be there still, but, but there you go. <laughs> God. Wild. 
there, there, there's not there's there's not even words to explain how bad that is. <laughs> it's like that is again one of the single worst trades in NFL history for the I mean, not you know not all of those Seahawks have panned out. I mean Shelby Harris isn't even there anymore, but yeah, you know a solid number of those guys are like stars in the making. <laughs> I and, mean, I mean, and I mean one of one of them is is Devin Witherspoon. Right. Yes. So, and there you go. Uh, another one is Charles Cross, who is not a star, but he's, I think, on his way to being a, a solid left tackle. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, not no offense, not no the offense, best, but no offense. No offense. They have to no, actually use him. No offense, been, you know, a tight end for them for a while. Drew Locke is a solid backup quarterback. I think Derek Hall is still there. I think. Smith is still there. Boye Mafe's obviously had a pretty solid role on the team uh, for a good bit of the last. They're all still there except Harris. Yeah, that's freaking nuts. Yeah. So even though even though it'd be like you know, even if only one of those guys pans out, it's Russell wasn't not even there like anymore. So so either way, it's still fleece. You know, especially because Devin Weatherspoon is going to be a, a great corner for them, for Seattle. So, I mean, either either way, it's still it's still bad. No matter how, it might not be exactly like the greatest fleece in in, in sports history, but it's it's definitely still you know, more than great return on investment. They got much more out of it, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for the Broncos, it lasted two years and. You know, hundreds of millions and not even two years. Cap hell, yeah. <laughs> in, in yeah, in dead cap hell. Jeez. But for Seattle, I mean, it's you know, it's going to last them. Well, they've got at least the majority six of those guys still here. Five, yeah, I was going to say five, at least six five, years. six years, probably. Yeah, since that trade has occurred. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Just unbelievable. Uh, any last thoughts before uh, we call it a night? Oh no, but but uh, you guys did see the, the the trade in place that the Eagles were gonna do to For bring us? Russell Wilson to Philly. What yeah. uh, was it? What was it again? Oh, it was. It, oh, it was Jalen Hurts <laughs> and a bunch of yeah, other it was, stuff. It was. It was not. Oh God, I, I hate to even utter it. Yeah, it was not good. Um, I remember the Jalen Hurts in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Who wasn't? It was, it was, Sorry, it Brandon. Was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was. It was. Oh God, it was awful though. Uh, from what? Let me see what it was. Um, I remember it was bad at the time, but even look at it now. Oh, thank God, bless America that that, that didn't go through. Um, what there the were hell? a lot of trades for Russ that never went through. Like there was that one, Chicago, Cleveland. I think there was one with Minnesota at one point. Dallas. Like, I'm trying. I don't know. I don't know oh, why. Okay. People are not. Wait. The Seahawks tried to trade it many times. Bro, do you? By the way, you you have to understand to what um, I'm trying to remember. They don't show the specifics of the trade, but I know one of the pieces was Jalen Hurts. Um, yeah, it was, the, it, it was going to be much more than a one of one one for one. It was going to be no, like, it was going to be like a couple first round picks, kind of similar yeah, to the like, picks, 
Kind of similar to the picks uh, Denver gave up. But you know what the best part about this for you, Brandon, probably is? The trade what? was done, but Russell Wilson said no. Yeah, God bless. <laughs> Thank God. Like surprising, honestly. Like, like, does that make like in what? I'm sorry. In what world does it make any? Like, if you were Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie at that time, what the hell could convince you? What possessed you to even try to make a trade like that? Because you drafted Jalen Hurts with a with a second round pick, literally like what the season and a half before? Yeah. So, or what, two seasons before? I think and it was like a season really, before, yeah, a season or two, yeah. Yeah, like, the, and like, this guy was growing into being your franchise quarterback, and this guy was basically going to take you to, a, well, you know, more or less going to take you to a Super Bowl, which Russ can't do anymore. Uh, and and y- your your answer to drafting Devontae Smith was going to be to pair him with Russell Wilson. Oh, my God. You would have been... You want about wasting a great wide receiver's career? That would have been it right there. Oh my god, man! The, the commander, like, the commanders made a significant offer. Um, trying to think who else made a significant oh, that would, offer. That would, that, would, that would have made the, the NFC so interesting. Russ, Jalen, and Dak. Good lord. Um, Danny Dunn. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Who's who's the odd one out there? <laughs> like. Man, that would have been interesting. Yeah, basic, basically there was basically basically there was <laughs> so basically during that year he turned down the commander's offer and Philly's offer. Russell Wilson did during the combine of that season. Yeah. Well Russell Wilson Yeah, this is like what twenty two or the or yeah, early twenty two. It was twenty two, yeah. Yeah, and it was, it was so. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you know, you, you know how the old saying goes. You know, if you can't beat them, join them. Well, Russell Wilson has beaten the NFC repeatedly, so he wasn't going to join them. Huh. Um, and I would not, I would know more than anybody because we haven't beaten Seattle in fifteen years. I'm sorry, so, you still haven't beaten Seattle at this time. Uh, exactly, that's what I'm saying. We haven't beaten them in fifteen years. Oh God, like I, I, I can't. Uh, like, the, like honestly, the day that he that honestly, when I heard he left Seattle, I didn't care anymore. I'm just like, good, we don't have to play him anymore. And then we end up losing the Drew Lock. So you know what? I'm like, oh, like <laughs> it got worse. Like, it got worse for me. Oh my goodness. Um, well, with that, I think uh, we went 40 minutes. I'll add this to uh, the back or the front end of the Christmas episode. Uh, oh, a mega episode. That's going to be a big one. Uh, but Shane, Brandon, thank you guys for taking the time on such short notice for this. I'm kind of praying we won't have to do this again until the off season. Because uh, we need our time well, off. You never know. You never know. You never know. Two weeks left, let's play off. So. Yeah, who knows. Uh, but uh, thank you guys for the time. Thank you all for listening. Uh, and uh, on to the Christmas episode. All right, welcome to a special edition of the Sports Ethos Los Angeles Chargers podcast. Here with Brandon on Christmas Day. Merry Christmas, brother. Merry Christmas, Rob. uh, I wish I I could say Merry Christmas to other Eagles fans because we're very divided right now, but that's okay. It's still a good Christmas. It's Merry Christmas anyway. Niners are getting beat. Cowboys lost. Uh, We take over the control of the division. You know what? I can't complain. I got a nice Christmas haul. 
I hope everybody else had a nice Christmas. So, uh, yeah, we're here for this. Yeah, we decided to do this on Christmas Day, partially because your Eagles played and partially because there were good matchups today. Um, so we took Thursday off and just switched to Monday. Same with Saturday, of course. Um, but let's start with your Eagles. Because at first, I'm just going to let you kind of go off on what they did today. Because realistically, they should have won that game in probably the beginning of the second half. But they basically only played, what, two and a half quarters of football today in your mind? Yeah, not even. Basically just two. Because in the second, I mean, well, yeah, two and a half, I guess, is right. Um, It's just, oh, you know, we keep, like, this, we kept saying, like, you know, this, you know, we, we thought this, that the Seattle game was going to be the get right game, and it wasn't. They got beat. And I'm like, okay. But they, they still have the division in front of them. They still technically have the one seed in front of them, barring a miracle, which still could happen because right now the Niners are losing, and they could definitely lose again to the Rams Week 18. But, you know, it was all about getting, you know, coming into this game, you knew that the two seed was, was very much in play. You knew that the division was, was absolutely in play, especially with Dallas losing. You know, they knew all this kind of going into it, obviously, because those games were played before today. Um and through the first two quarters, I'm like, okay, it looks better, but it's still not where it should be. But I'm like, okay, maybe they'll pick it up in the second half. And they got worse. I mean, the opening kickoff, that's about as bad as you could ever have an opening kickoff. In, I mean, I, I haven't seen a worse opening kickoff, I don't think, in all my years of watching football. In the <laughs> games I've never seen it. I've never seen like, And where, where Boston Scott catches it. He could have just called for the fair catch and it would have been out to the 25 yard line. There, no there was no reason to return that in the first place. And then you return it and then Zacchaeus just gets gets sent back into next week and you, you end up just getting smashed and then fumbling the ball. So, and then, I mean, that, but that right there changed the whole tone of that game. Uh, because then at that point, you just gave the Giants great field position and they, they, they put in Tyrod Taylor, who is. I mean, obviously faster. He's a mobile quarterback. Uh, and, I mean, right, I mean, he, he didn't have a great game, but when you have a mobile quarterback, that's been Philly's weakness for the better part of 10 years. So, and, I mean, they scored a touchdown on that drive, all of a sudden two-score game. Then the offense really can't do anything after that, and all of a sudden you look up at the scoreboard, it's 20-18, and you're thinking, and you've got a third and 20 for Philadelphia, you know, what, early in that fourth? And you're like, what the hell are we doing here? What are we doing here? <laughs> Because like it, it was bad. Like I, I don't know where to go because like they fit. They they didn't even finish the game strong. Like it like it's it's one thing to win the game and listen. We haven't won a game in in almost a month. It's been three weeks, but like my this was a game you should have won by twenty plus. You should have won by three scores at least. And you won once again by one score to the New York Giants, who don't have a quarterback or good wide receivers, or uh, much of really a defense for that matter. And, and so I, I want to transition this conversation because we talked about Brian Johnson for the better part of the season so far. Where has where has Nick Sirianni been? Because I think today, looking at the media, looking at the fight they had on the sideline today, which you can go more in depth into how that occurred. Part of the problem here probably needs to go on Sirianni over the last month more than we have discussed on this pod. Do you believe so? Yeah, and I, you know, I, I was kind of trying to get to it every week. Like, listen, I blamed Brian Johnson early on, but I figured, you know, 
I figured that he was the one really taking the reins of the play calling. And he, listen, he is still the one calling the plays. I know, I know, I know. I've said it a couple times, but the more I think about it, you know, people keep saying, "Oh, this is this is the this is Nick Sirianni's designed offense," but Brian Johnson's calling the plays. That's not true, because if it, there's no way an NFL head coach only has four or five players at his disposal, and that's it, there's no way that's possible. So. You know, even in 2021, the offense, even though it wasn't great under the under Nick Sirianni's first year at that point, they had more plays in their bag of tricks than than what they have this year. So that's definitely like, like it's definitely Brian Johnson the play calling. But Nick Sirianni deserves a lot of blame because like this was a 10 and one football team, but the problem was that even though they were winning, he didn't have the demeanor of a coach that saw the flaws and tried to correct them. He just figured, oh, we're winning. This is fine. And he he said it in post-game press conferences every single week. After the game, every week, he said the same thing. He's like, that was a good team win. You know, we we look good at certain points. He never addressed any of the flaws, really, throughout the, the whole, really, the whole winning streak they had. And, you know, they always say, you know, you know, winning masks, you know, your problems. Not with this Eagles team, it doesn't, because today they were on full display. It can only mask it for so long, right? And the Eagles have been the epitome of that this season. And I and I've said I've said this before, and I, I and the more the more I watch this team, like listen, I appreciate that Nick Sirianni. Like Nick, Nick Sirianni has a winning record with this team. I think he's a good coach, but I, before this season, I thought he was great. He was going to be great. I thought this year they were going to be number one in the NFC, and they should have been. And they they imploded basically in, in this month of December. And you know, I still think he's a good coach, but the but the, all the all the talk that I've seen from other people in Philadelphia and all the talk I've seen from people online, like he's not elite. He's not even great. He's just a good coach. He's a solid coach, but he's a mo- he's a motivator. He's not a coach. He is a motivator. He, he doesn't know what he's doing with the offense. He's, he's chewing people out on the sideline when a lot of it is his own fault. So, you know, I, I don't understand how, you know, this, this guy, he's got to be, bl- he has to be blamed because also this team is not ready to play every week either. They are not ready to play every single week. And that's against good teams and bad ones. I don't, I don't get how every week they keep saying we're going to make these changes. And, and remember, it starts with him as the head coach. They keep saying every week, we're going to make changes. You made some changes today, but that wasn't enough. It was still the same mistakes we've been seeing all season long. It is week 16. When is this going to change? This is who you are at this point. It's not going to change. It's past the due date. We said Thanksgiving was the due date. It's Christmas. Yeah. And it's like, it's just, it's making me angry because this team can be so, like, I've said it all year. They are too damn talented. To, to, to only be a like listen 11 and 4 most teams would kill for that they would that's true they would but here's the problem with 11 and 4 for the eagles they should be no less than 12 and 2 or i should say at this point no 13 and 2 cuz 15 games 16 weeks so they should be 13 and 2 at no no less than and they're 11 and 4 because two of the losses were awful. They were to, they were to, they were to a Drew Locke-led Seattle Seahawks team in which you let them down, you let them go down the field on a 92-yard game-winning drive, and you got burnt all the way down. And then Zach Wilson, I mean, he didn't, he didn't beat you. You beat yourself. Those are two horrible losses. And then the Niners game was the – you were in control of that for one quarter, and then you stopped playing football. 
So really, you could have won that game. Dallas was the one where you got beat from start to finish. That game was over from start. That game was a, a track race from Dallas start to finish. But you can say, okay, you dropped both those games. This you still, if you really just took care of business against the Jets and the Seahawks, you'd be thirteen and two. You the, the one seed and the division would be over. You'd be resting your starters week eighteen. Now you have to play them week eighteen in MetLife on a bad turf with a bad coaching game plan and a badly it's basically a badly coached football team. So like I know people say keeps telling telling me not to say the sky is falling and it, listen, it's not there. They're still a playoff team they deserve to be. But that this team that's not the point. When you have a team that struggles to make the playoffs and you complain, everybody's like, oh well, you know, they're just lucky, they're just happy to be there. You know, they shouldn't be there. But it's like you this team expects Super Bowl or bust. And it, and it's it's gonna be that way until they lose all their talent and until they start losing a lot of games in a season, not just, you know, three or four. So when you have a team like this, your expectation every year is Super Bowl or bust. So that's why looking at this season, if they don't get back there, and especially I have concerns about them, I have concerns about them winning, even winning a wild card game. If they don't get back there, that's a failure. And that's a massive failure. Not just a failure, that's a massive failure. Because then next year, if you don't get back there, for sure, for sure, Stirani could be fired. So you got to make sure that if you don't get back there this year, that you better, not just not just have to, you better get back there next year. Because there's no excuse at this point to be playing this bad. With You have, you have, you have mind you, two wide receiver ones. You have a top five running back that you don't use until today. You They're look- not using DeAndre Swift. Can we talk about this? They're not using him at all. And he's their best player on offense right now. They finally got him 20 carries. And if you just kept running the ball with him in the second half, you would have won by 40. They never yeah. use him. And he's literally yeah. their best offensive weapon right now on this roster on offense. It's we, dumb. The offense got in trouble in the second half because after they after they fumbled the ball and the Giants got within 10, they that at that point, when you see an open when you see a fumble to open a half like that and the Giants are gaining momentum, you know how you kill the momentum? You take them out of the game and run the ball. And you then they didn't do that. They passed, 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 passed into oblivion and it led to a pick six. It, it was some awful play calling in the red zone again like it was all game. And on top of that, you you literally let the Giants get within two points of you. So, like, that's I don't care that you won the game. It's unacceptable. You had two bad turnovers today. Like, that's the problem too. If you have two turnovers in the playoffs, like the game, the your season's over. You're not coming back from yeah. two turnovers like that in the playoffs. You're just not. That's that's why I keep telling people. I'm like, this is why I don't have any faith in this Eagles team in the playoffs. They don't stop turning the ball over every week. They're one of the top, I think, three teams in the NFL in turnovers, if not the first. So, like, this is this is really really bad because you had two turnovers against the Giants, and that's the Giants, mind you, and you only won by one score. If you have two turnovers in the playoffs, you're getting beat by 30. So that that's unacceptable. It's just it's bad. And this is one this this is the second game all year where Swift has had 20 plus carries. That's unacceptable. And what was the you told me what was the last time he had tell our audience what's the last time he had 20 carries? Guys, listen to me when I tell you this. It was week it was week two. It was week 
two, bro. Week two. Like, then he had 28. He almost had 30. But you know what happened in that Vikings game? You blew them out. Because you did what you were supposed to do. Like, I don't understand, man. Like, it it doesn't make sense. Uh, so, then, so talk also about what happened on the sideline in this game, because I'm not sure if everyone saw that. The players went went out on Sirianni today. They got really pissed at him on the sideline. There was a heated confrontation. Talk about that confrontation real quick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me just clarify something. They didn't, they didn't yeah. blow the Vikings out. They didn't blow the Vikings out. They won by six. But but the way they played that game, they, they blew them out on, on, on eye test, not score. Yeah, that's so, fair. Yep. That's what, I'm, that's what I meant by that. But – because you wore them down, but um, but yeah, but the, the, on the sideline today, uh, you didn't see much of it. They didn't focus too much on it. I don't think they knew what was going on, really. Yeah, no, the they Daryl Johnston and and uh, and um, and Joe Davis were more talking about just the analytics of the game during that point. They didn't really focus on it too much, but the crew showed like five seconds of it. So yeah, so it's it, it's really weird because this has been this. These problems have been building in the organization since basically since the loss, not even the loss to the Niners. This was before that even. So this, this has been this has been this been brewing since I think midway through the season, since about week seven or eight, because the problems were, have been there all season long. And I think players were pissed. Remember, AJ Brown was pissed at not getting the ball back in like week four. So yeah, this has been this this has been brewing for a long, long, long time. And for this to, to now, now it's reared its ugly head because now I get players being pissed. I, and you've seen, and we've seen other teams where, where we, and other games where players have gone off on their coach on the sideline and they've had to calm them down and they, they get the, they get the issues corrected a little bit or, you know, but the coach handles himself well. For Nick Sirianni to, to then to turn to his own sideline and start screaming at guys, that is both immature and that's beyond unacceptable. That that just shows that you are not a professional. And not only does it show you're not a professional, it shows that you've lost the whole entire team. If that that that's that's a glaring indicator that you've lost this team completely. That that you know that. Devontae Smith gave you this gave you the death stare. AJ Brown gave you the death stare. Jalen Hurts is shaking his head on the sideline every week. The defense, Hassan Reddick apparently got into that, into that scuffle a little bit on the side, that little skirmish on the sideline. So Hassan Reddick's pissed off. Like when your defense is pissed at your head coach, that's a problem. Because usually it's the offensive players. When you're so when you have a bunch of players, and you, you can even see it in Jason Kelsey every week on the pod. He's not happy. He says he's not happy. He knows that he knows that the execution is terrible, but he won't. He's not. Gonna, he's a good player. He's a, he's a great person. He's never going to throw his teammates or his coaches under the bus. But we know, based on his body language and what he and you know, obviously reading between the lines, we know this is a bad coaching issue. This is a this is a badly coached football team. We know that. That's a fact. So to see that on the sideline. To see Nick Sirianni essentially because the game was also basically over because the, the Giants were driving down the field to try to tie the game. So and all you had to do on defense was just make a stop and they did. It wasn't like they were dangerously close to getting to getting, you know, scored on. So for Sirianni to blow up in that moment was very, 
very worrisome. If not just for me as an Eagles fan, but it should, it should worry every Eagles fan. You can't say that you're not worried about this team because if you're not worried about this team, you don't care enough. That's that's bad, and it looks bad from every eye test imaginable. And then I also want to point out, and I'm sure we'll have Shane talk about this more next week uh, when you guys play Arizona. But he's like, imagine Shane Steichen with this team, with this roster as a head coach. And and Shane was oh, talking about with yeah. us about what he's doing in Indy with Gardner Minshew, what he did in the first five weeks with, uh, with Anthony Richardson, who we pretty much know is going to be their franchise quarterback moving forward, even though he only played like a month, month and a half. Uh, like this, he was talking. Shane was talking about like this team with Shane Steichen is a much different roster, and I think that or is a much different roster and has a much different season. And I think he's absolutely correct. Yeah, no, he's he's one hundred percent right. And like, and the thing is, I've we've both said this. All three of us, I think, have said this at one point that I know Shane Steichen wanted to be a head coach, but Philly should have done way more in their power to try to convince him to stay. I don't care what you had to do to get him to stay. You should have convinced him to stay. He, should have, been, year, he should have been your head coach. I'm going to be honest. He should have been your head coach at this point. Like, if 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 he was, there would he, that locker room would be in one piece. Everybody, like, it's funny because AJ Brown and Devonta Smith have both have over a thousand yards now. Dallas Goddard had a great game today. Like, the numbers were great, but the eye test wasn't, and and the body language is even worse. So, like, if that was Shane Steichen, not only would the game not have been close. But they would have dominated from the from the very first snap of the game to the very last snap of the game, and they would have done it all season, not just not just in this game. They would have done it all season because last year everybody was say, "Oh, the Eagles had an easy schedule," which is partially true. But even against bad teams, they were blowing them out by twenty plus a week, and it and it was dominant. It was dominance, not winning by eight dom- against the Giants. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem I have. And everybody said, oh, it's not too much different. No, it still would be different because Nick, because Nick Sirianni, he might, he might be a good motivator, but he is not a good coach. Shane Steichen, you don't have to be a motivator if you're, if you're a likable guy, which Steichen is. And Nick, Nick Sirianni is not that likable. He, I, listen, I, I still like the guy because I like his passion, but it boils over into, into big ego territory. And Shane Steichen doesn't have that. Shane Steichen's a good guy. Great coach, great offensive mind. Again, look at what he's done with the Colts. Look at what he's done with Gardner Minshew the last month and a half. Yeah, it's amazing. It's so you know, I, I, people that say, "Oh, well, they had an easy schedule this year. It would be different this year." Even if Steichen was coached, that's not true. That's so not true. That could be more false. It's, it's you know, I, I look at it, and every time I I I look at this team every week, I'm like. My God, like Nick Sirianni doesn't show me anything that he's a leader. Your head coach has to be the leader of this team. He is not. And then, you know, it, it's nice to say that, that your head coach looks like a leader when you're when you're fiery and you're still winning games. But when this team looks as bad as they do and they're not winning games, he looks like an immature child. Shane Steichen does not. Shane Steichen was always Mr. Cool, calm, collected. You never saw him blow up on the sideline. You never saw any of that. We see it every week. From Nick Sirianni, so uh, I'm I'm really concerned because I mean you like listen Shane Steichen. I knew when he left, I didn't like I knew we, we were going to dip off a little bit, 
but I didn't think it was gonna be this big of a dip off, a dip down. And now that it that it is, it just I'm like, man, if this guy ever leaves Indy, he has to be brought back to Philly. He has to be. I don't know if he'll be brought back from Indy for what he's doing there this year. Yeah, he's... I don't think so either. <laughs> I, think he'll, yeah, he'll, I think he'll be there for the next ten plus years. But yeah. you know, it's just like, man, I I'm just really mad about how it just seems that this 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 coaching staff as well as this team just feels so complacent like they're just happy where they are they're happy they made a super bowl last year forget winning it they're just happy they got there like it doesn't seem like this team has any desire to get better but meanwhile when you look at the colts under shane Steichen this year every game they improved in some area some way shape or form they even got when gardner Minshew's the starter gardner Minshew actually looked like a starter this year as bizarre as that sounds yeah, it's kind of incredible. Um, you know, so, that, so that's you know that's my two. I'm just, I'm just so tired about talking about these, this team's issues. Like, listen, I should be happy eleven. They're eleven and four, but how can I be? Yeah, you we know? we spent twenty minutes talking about it. That's how bad it is. It's rough. Yeah. Um, so I have uh, the frick you. I hate watching you list, and I added a team to it today. This team played on Nickelodeon. I was even mad, and I watched the Nickelodeon broadcast. I'm done with Kansas City Chiefs. I'm done. You're on my you're on my fuck off list. I'm so done with the Kansas City Chiefs. What the hell is this? I, I don't this offense was anemic today, non-existent. Patrick Mahomes looks like a shell of himself. Travis Kelsey looks lost. This offensive line, which is supposed to be top five in the NFL, looks terrible. This defense looks average at best. Like I, I, I don't understand how a Chiefs offense with Patrick Mahomes can't score points when all the Raiders did today was just score on defense with bad interceptions. You're telling... So, like, so like what? Well, this is a perfect example. The Chiefs, like, three years ago, right? Every year, they have, like, a, they have a game like this, sort of, right? Even in the playoffs against Houston that one year. They have games like this. They Patrick Mahomes threw terrible interceptions, throws pick sixes... The defense can't get anything right, and they're down by 20, and they come back. This team is not even remotely capable of that at all. This is a Raiders team with Kevin with with Aiden O'Connell, who's fine, serviceable. He's okay. With yeah, look, the coaching staff is great. They got a fire on their belly. That's awesome. But this Chiefs team is not even super. He's not even close to Super Bowl contender ready right now. This is that was atrocious. That was disgusting. And as much as we talk about the wide receivers, we need to talk about Travis Kelsey because he's been atrociously awful, especially in the last couple months of the season. And you can make the, all the Taylor Swift jokes you want, but they're clearly not in sync. I, I just, and I, and I don't know why. I, I don't think it's just the Taylor Swift thing. I think you talked about this before the last couple of weeks, how their play calling hasn't been very good. I agree with that. Their defense is kind of just helping them along, which I never thought I would ever say with this team, especially in September. This offense is awful. It's just so bad. And they're getting worse every week. Like, we're, we're at the stretch of the season. We have a couple weeks left. Over the last maybe six weeks, every week this, this Chiefs offense has gotten worse. It's unbelievably bad. It makes no sense. I, you could throw the Taylor Swift jokes you want, and I, I'll do the same. It's pretty damn funny. But minus all that stuff, 
this team is atrociously bad. It, it's just awful. And hell, I mean, they'll make the playoffs, but they're going to, you, you said this about um, even a month ago. I think you said, you think the Chiefs are one and done. I'm with you. I think they get smashed in the wild card by whoever they play. It's awful. And it's, and you know, you know what's today too? It just, it reached a boiling point with Travis Kelsey being so frustrated. He had a massive out. He wasn't about Eagles outburst. He had a massive outburst on a, on the sidelines. And Andy Reid could barely calm him down. So, you know, like, I know Travis Kelsey is a passionate dude. Just like, just like Jason, he wants to win. But, but Travis, like, he didn't just, like, throw his helmet down and get pissed and sit on the bench. He threw his helmet, like, so hard. Like, it, it looked like a lethal weapon. Like, that's that's insane. Like, he threw that thing. It bounced off the bench and went, like, another 20 feet. Or, no, more than that. Like, another 40 feet past the bench and, like, towards the, the, the stands almost. Like, it's – like, it was – and then the thing is, one of the coaching staff tried to get his helmet back. And – Andy Reid said, "No, don't give him his helmet. We're putting, we're taking him out for a play. He doesn't deserve to be in there right now. Like that's like you want to talk about the Eagles' problems. That shows how bad Kansas City is right now. They don't have a single wide receiver that can catch a football. Even Travis Kelsey's had a down year. Travis Kelsey's um, Travis Kelsey over the last month and a half has been downright awful. He's been awful. He's been awful. Like it's." It's just, you know, I watched it, but I said this years ago, like when Patrick Mahomes got his contract and it was like, oh, it was, you know, there was people saying, oh, it was team friendly. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm like, watch in a couple of years when they're done, you know, getting off their Super Bowl run. I'm like, watch when this, this team's going to stall out because they're not going to have enough to pay anybody. They couldn't pay Tyreek Hill. They, and that's their, probably their biggest problem right now. Um, and, and, but that's my point. We talked about the contract thing here. But watching them today, I'm like, yeah, the receiver's the biggest problem. But this whole offense is out of sorts. The receivers, the rec- like, like, here's the thing. Yes, we've talked about the receivers every week. Have I don't think we fully considered that it's not just the receivers. The whole offense just doesn't make any sense and is out of sync. I don't, the receivers matter. And yes, it's their worst problem. But I watched them today going... You know they're not really. They're going to Rashid Rice. He's been great this year. I want to give him his props. Every other receiver barely touched the ball. They tried to get it to Travis Kelsey. He missed a couple easy balls. Like the only two guys that's remotely supposed to be good on this offense is Rashid Rice and Travis Kelsey. They tried to get the ball to both of them. Rice had a pretty good day, all things considered. They did exactly what they should do, which is kind of let their other receivers kind of be decoys. And they still lost today, Brandon. They still got massacred. And you know, you know what's really bad to me, and, and I don't think this nobody talks about this enough. And I don't see any people talk like people want to blame the receivers. People want to blame. They want to blame. Oh, Shane, welcome. Hello. Uh, people, you know, people want to blame, you know, the, the receivers, and they deserve a ton of it. But you know what? You know what? Uh, people don't talk about enough, and I feel like we need to really, really sit down and talk about it. They miss Eric Bieniemy. Yes, very much so. Yes, they like j- just like the Eagles miss Shane Steichen. 
the the Chiefs miss Eric Bannamy big time. That because that when you have a creative mind calling plays on offense, it masks your problems. You know, you can get by even with bad receivers at that point. Like with, with this team, it's the play calling is like they're still calling plays as if Tyreek Hill is there. And as if Miko Harmon can actually still catch a ball because he can't do that anymore. He's not even a factor anymore in that offense. And they're still calling it as if Travis Kelsey, you know, is is putting up 1,500 yards a season and he's not going to do that anymore. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like you got to realize these guys are getting older. The receivers aren't good. You don't have your, 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 your play car that basically was the reason why you were so successful for years because your defense is still pretty much fine. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it can't be, it, it cannot be undersold that they, they miss Eric Bianami. And I think that's their, probably their biggest issue outside of the wide. I mean, well, their biggest issue is still wide receiving, but that's just, that's right up there with it. That's like one B is them missing him because listen, it's not great in Washington, but Washington, you know, still had a couple good games this year when nobody thought they were going to win anything at all. Yeah. So enemy's still know, doing a good job developing, uh, Sam Howell. Regardless of how we feel about that team, Sam Howell just needs help. He's another guy that I hate that people want to talk crap about him. It's like he's a good quarterback. His offensive line just sucks, and his wide receivers suck, and the team just sucks. So it's not on him. Uh, Shane, aside from the receiving core for the Chiefs that we've talked about over the last month, and Merry Christmas to you and your family as well. Welcome in on this Christmas Day. Um, what do you think is wrong with the Chiefs outside of the receivers at the moment? Oh, there we go. There he goes. His mic is bugged again. Oh, no. Let's see. He'll probably hop back in in a second. But, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I, it's not working. Now yeah, it's working. There you there go. You go. God All right, bless. Mer- Merry Christmas, Shane. Go ahead. Talk about uh, the Chiefs outside of the receivers. What do you think is wrong with them? And what did you see from them today that made them lose that game against the Raiders? Well, yes. Merry Christmas to you, Robert, and to you, Brandon, and all of our other brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, uh, <laughs> now, um, you know, the Chiefs, it's interesting. And I, and I noticed this, this this morning as I was watching this game. I think, you know, part of, like you guys said, uh, the, the lack of receivers and that includes Kelsey because he hasn't been 100% this year. We all He's, he's awful. He's, he's awful. Yeah, um, you know, instead of like training and stuff that he normally does, he's you know spending the weekend in Argentina going to concerts, um, <laughs> which is great. I, you know, I wish I could just do that. But, um, he's shooting commercials too. I, you're right, right. Anyways, um, so there's that. The loss of the enemy, I think, myself included. You know, I we all underestimated how big that would be because you know we thought oh you know Andy Reid is a great offensive mind which he is I mean he's one of the best if not the best in the league at that um but you know two good minds is still better than one you know and I think the third thing at least that I've noticed is that Mahomes himself is just not he's not all there right now um and I don't really know that he has been all season. He he doesn't seem to be making his reads and progressions the way that he normally does. And 
um, he looks like he is much less um, playing the game much more careless than he has in previous years. And, you know, he doesn't, he is, he's not being him nor his normal self for sure, despite the issues with the receivers. And, um, and, you know, it really becomes apparent in these close games like this when they used to be able to just light it up. And, you know, he was the, always the catalyst of that and just running around doing whatever he does, dumping it off to guys. And, uh, but now he, uh, he's not really doing much of that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's interesting. I I think today for me, just all but confirmed that they're not a Super Bowl contender this season. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I, I mean, I should have had that thought a few weeks ago, probably, but, um, but yeah, it's just, it's not their year. And, you know, looking to the future, it's going to be tricky for them going forward with this contract. Um, same can be said for many other teams as well, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, yeah, and then, you know, the Raiders, good on them going into Arrowhead, being a division rival late in the season, crunch time like this. That's that's not easy to do, especially in the cold. Um, they can still make the playoffs, guys. They can still, yeah, they're not, they're not out. They're not out of uh, it yet. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're almost, but, you know, they're, <laughs> but, um, I know. And, and then I was telling you guys earlier, they'll, if they made the playoffs or whatever, and then, you know, knowing Mark Davis, it's going to, you know, it'll be, oh, Antonio Pierce, he's so great. Oh, and then Mark Davis will be like, yeah, for sure. So, uh, we're actually going to hire this guy instead. <laughs> Want to hire Bill Belichick? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Or so, so, yeah, something stupid. Um, or Matt Canada? No. Oh Jesus! Uh, oh, Lord. oh Lordy Lord! Oh no! Raiders don't, don't, you're, you guys are gonna this. make you guys are gonna make me pray to the pray to the Lord about Matt Canada on 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 Christmas. Um, Raiders Raiders fans have suffered enough. Don't don't put them through that. <laughs> oh God! Um, Shane, we were talking about the Eagles earlier for about twenty minutes because that game was ridiculous. Um, but. It doesn't uh, sound like you guys to talk about the <laughs> Eagles for 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, but but I want to, uh, we, we mentioned this uh, before we kind of finish up the conversation. Uh, we wanted to bring up what, what you said in our kind of pre-show chat earlier about what Shane Steichen has done in, in Indy and what he would have done yeah. with this roster. Uh, you, you wrote that in the chats. Speak to that thought a little bit because I think it's really interesting. Well, I mean, yeah, I just, you know, I, I've kind of had this thought in the back of my mind for a couple weeks now and I thought, you know, this would be this would be a better time than ever to get it out there. <laughs> um essentially, you know, I think a lot of Philly's problems may be more I think Sirianni uh may deserve more of the blame than we originally thought. And I mean, maybe 
maybe I'm crazy, but you know, if you look at how they started in the first half of his first year when um, it did not start out good at all um, with him calling plays. And then he surrendered the play calling duties to Shane Steichen, Steichen for the rest of that year and then all of last year. And they made a playoff run the first season and actually did make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they made the Super Bowl the second season last year. You lose Shane Steichen. And, you know, I thought, well, yeah, he's a good coordinator, but this is such a great roster, and Sirion is a great coach. They'll be fine, you know. And, I mean, they are 11 and 4, so, you know, it's not like they're terrible. I mean, they've, they're still managing. <laughs> um, but, you know, meanwhile, Shane Steichen has taken the Colts, who, in my opinion, are a bottom five roster um, with a backup quarterback as well, just to, you know, just to throw a little gas in the fire. And they are currently in the playoff picture, which is just insane. I mean, that, that that's that's ridiculous. Um and, you know, I just, I can't help but think if they still had, you know, him or someone like that in the building or just even as the head coach or whatever, I I feel like they would have definitely beat the Seahawks and the Jets. And, uh, you know, San Francisco... Maybe not, because that was just that just seemed like a total mismatch on every level that particular night. Um, and then you know Dallas in Dallas. That's regardless of how good Dallas is, that's always a a tough game. Um, so I mean, like I was saying, thinking you know at the very least they'd be like twelve and two. Um, or I guess now thirteen and two after today's game, but. You know, instead they are at eleven and four, which is again that's still good, but it's like it, it's a. It, I think we would all agree it's a it's a pretty bad eleven and four. Um, you know, or not not bad, but just rookies. Yeah, um, we've got breaking yeah. news, boys. Sam Donald's yeah. in the game. Yeah, Brock Purdy's in the medical <laughs> tent. Uh, we have about oh, eight. Lord. We have about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Ravens are dominating the Niners at this moment. Uh, Shane, oh, how do you how do you view Brock Purdy after today? Not we'll talk about the MVP race a little bit later, but just how do you kind of view him after this game, just as a whole? Like, have we found some weaknesses in his game? Have you found it kind of watching him play today and over the last kind of month or so? Yeah, it's a pass rush. That's his weakness, <laughs> which. You know, I mean, you hear that and you think, well, yeah, that's every quarterback's weakness. Yes, but how do they deal with it, right? Just look at this game. Lamar Jackson, he's been getting swarmed all night, but he's so damn quick, it doesn't even seem to matter, yeah. you know? Yeah, he, can he, got absolutely, around. he got absolutely torched, and the Ravens' O line is actually really good. And he got torched. Oh, yeah. But he 
he's quick. He can, he adapts. He's very maneuverable. Whereas Purdy, what happens with him? Well, sometimes he can, you know, kind of dodge and move around whatnot. But a lot of times he, he like gets flustered and just makes some ill-advised throw and turns into a pick or, you know, ends up taking an unnecessary hit, whatever it is. Um, and it's just, you know, it's not, it's not, uh, not, not a good way to play in January when you are inevitably going to be going up against much better defensive lines. Um, because, you know, when he can, when they play their normal style of offense and, you know, just the quick pass games work and he can just be a distributor, that works well because he's very smart and he thinks really quick. Um, but when he has all these guys in his face, he's like, oh, what do I do? And, you know, part of it is that he may just be, it may be that he's a young player and he's still trying to figure out how to adapt through that. Um, because if you think about it, he really hasn't faced much, much pressure in his young career. Uh, he, I mean, he plays behind a pretty good offensive line and they don't really, you know, they have such quick passes that it doesn't really become an issue. But uh, in any case, um, it could be that, or it could be just that it's that's just not what he's good with, and it could be both. I don't know, but uh, yeah. So and that's what's led to the four picks tonight, and um, you know, and now they're in this situation. So yeah, I don't know. It's kind of yeah. Sam Darnold just did what Brock Purdy couldn't do tonight. Throw a touchdown pass. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, now. Zinger. Uh, right now. Um, Brandon, right now it looks like this is kind of dubbed as the MVP game. Whoever wins this wins the MVP kind of thing. Uh, Lamar Jackson is the favorite in some sports books right now. Some sports books at CMC. Where's your head at with the MVP race? Oh, it's CMC and everybody else. I don't care. I don't care how. I don't care. Lamar Jackson could have thrown seven touchdowns in this game. Wouldn't care. It's because it, it's still it's still CMC. And if you say anything else, you're wrong. Um, I mean, you know, CMC has literally been that the driving force behind that offense for the Niners this year. Like, listen, Debo's been great, but he's had a couple games where he's been banged up. Ayuk, you know, been been pretty good, but you know, he's their wide receiver too. You know, Kittle is Kittle, but Kittle's not like you're never gonna have a tight end for MVP. And I mean, he don't think he's done enough to be MVP anyway. CMC literally once again is having a career year. The guy's got 20 combined touchdowns, which is in, absolutely insane. Um, he he does he never loses yardage every, every time every time he touches the ball. I've never seen that guy lose yardage. It's like that guy will literally turn a blown up screen pass into at least a two yard gain. It's like, how is that possible? Um, I mean, as long as if he goes, the offense goes. 
And if he's taken out of it, which, I mean, he wasn't tonight, but at certain points he was, and you could see the offense struggled, um, then, you know, to me, he's the favorite. I mean, Lamar Jackson coming to this game only had 17 touchdowns, seven picks. So even, even if he throws, like, for me, for, you, for me to even put him as the MVP winner, he would probably need to throw four or five touchdowns a game the, the, these last couple weeks to be to be to win it, and that's not that's just not going to happen. So, like, you know, Lamar's got two tonight, and he's only thrown for two hundred and fifty yards. That's that's not MVP level stuff. I mean, you know, he did what he needed to do tonight, but I, uh, you know, but listen, he he did escape a lot of sacks, which was nice. Like, I think Lamar is still in there, especially after Purdy had had the worst game of his career tonight, but. I mean, I, right now, if I, had to, if I had to put a list together, it's probably, I mean, what am I putting? I'm probably, I'm, I mean, in no order, I'm putting I'm putting uh, Dak in there, CMC, Tyreek Hill, uh, uh, who else? Probably going to put, you know, like the, there's probably, I would I'd probably even say right now, Tua, even though Tyreek Hill is what makes Tua great this season, in my opinion, but still Tua. Uh, like these are all before I even get to Purdy's probably barely top five at this point after this game to me. Um, I mean, you could even make a case. I know it's going to sound crazy when I say this, but if you actually think about it, it kind of is true. You could put CD Lamb in that category because CD they weren't using CD Lamb, and Dallas's offense was struggling for a good part of this year. Once they started factoring him into the offense, they started blowing teams out and winning games. And he was having career nights like every other week. So, you know, you can make a case for him. So I think before you even put – like Purdy is bad at this point after this game. He's got to be either at, at at most four. And he's, he's – but to me, he's definitely like fringe uh, around five or six after this. But it's DMC for sure. CMC is, is the draw – is the draw – is the straw that stirs the drink. For this Niners offense, Shane, where do you have uh, your MVP ranks at the current moment? Well, I mean, for me personally, it's it still is definitely CMC. Um, I, I mean, I I think at this point, I I feel like it'll be Lamar unless something crazy happens. Um, but like Brandon, I don't. No, I feel about that. <laughs> um, I think for me, it's between CMC and Tyree Kill, probably. Um, but I know that neither of those will happen because it's a quarterback award and it's stupid. CMC's um, still good, though. Yeah. Because because I, he he jumped with this game, he actually jumped up uh, after he scored that touchdown, he jumped up from 1,100 to 470. Plus four seven. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's still I mean, there. We'll see. Um, yeah, but yeah. You know what I want? I, I want like a, a punt returner to win one year. That'd be hilarious. Just you know, you know, massive you know, middle finger to you, everybody. You know, a kicker won the award in nineteen eighty one. So yeah. there you go. It was a shortened season or whatever. So, so I'm just going to name my top three right now on the podcast. I'm still trying to figure out my bottom.
But here's my top three MVP candidates in, in this exact order. Here's my, here's my ballot right now. My ballot, number one, CMC. Think easily. Number two, Tyreek Hill. Number three, Jared Goff. Can we please put this guy in the MVP conversation? I, I don't understand why he's not in there. I don't get it. Like I, I, I think I know. I is it just because he's had some bad games here and there, Brandon? Like I don't like this team won the NFC North. The only thing good about this team is their offense. We saw it again against Minnesota. Like this team won the NFC North, and the biggest reason, in my opinion, is Jared Goff's play this year. Why are we not talking about it? It's you know, and I, I think I know. Well, for I mean, I'm gonna make a joke real quick about it. It's like you know, the Lions are having such a great season. That it's like okay, we're gonna we're gonna give you that, but you know, you know, nice, nice kitty, nice nice lion, but but that's it. Like like I think the day they put they put outside of maybe like having Barry Sanders in the MVP conversation, the day they put a, a lion in the MVP conversation, like nobody's gonna vote for a lion, which is sad, but it's true. And I, it, like, but he, he absolutely should be. The guy's got the guy's gonna end up with, with probably over forty five hundred yards. By end of the season, he's going to end up with probably 30 touchdowns, if not more. He's got only 10 picks, so he's not going to throw probably more than, what, 14 picks? And that's being generous, so probably like maybe 12 or 13, not, not even maybe. We'll see. But, like, those are all numbers. I mean, like, guys, wait, he, he's completing, what, I think 67% of his passes. Like, I mean, he's doing well. He's doing well enough to be considered for it, and he should be. And, I mean, on top of that, he's part of the reason. Well, listen, I know Dan Campbell's a great coach. But there's no like who's Jared making Goff. that offense work? Who's making but, it work? It's not Dan Campbell, it's Jared Goff. Yeah, it's Jared Goff. It's absolutely Jared Goff. Like Jared Goff has had multiple 300, 300 or even what? Yeah, 300 passing yard games this year. Like you can say, I don't know, I know people say he's a game manager. I've seen that. I think he's that's not stupid. A, I think that's absolutely atrociously he's, dumb. He's absolutely not. Like to me, Brock Purdy is more of a game manager than Jared Goff is, but but Jared Goff literally he I've never seen him make really a bad read this year outside of maybe the two games where he struggled against what the the Packers and the Bears. Yeah, those were bad. And he didn't even he didn't really struggle. If you look at the stats, he didn't struggle against the Packers. He just like they just beat. Um, but. I mean, outside of the two Bears games, which, remember, they're division games. You can listen. The Eagles almost lost to the Commanders, and that's saying something. So, you know, I really don't division even Division games are tough. Division yeah. games, I don't really count. When it comes to MVP, I don't count. I, I shouldn't say I don't count them, but I don't take them uh, that seriously. as the other one. Yeah. So, you know, like, outside of that, outside of the, of the two bad Bears games, the guy only has eight interceptions this year. Like – that that's insane to think about that. He like he's either thrown zero or only one pick in every single game outside of those two. I, so, so like, no, go ahead, Brandon. Uh, Finish your thought. I was gonna say he's not turning the ball over. He's smart with his decision making. The guy's completing almost sixty eight percent of his passes. He's gonna have over forty five hundred yards, and he doesn't have a guy like Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle like like Tua does. Where he can just say, "Hey, f it, they're down there somewhere." Uh. I've seen Tua make that play plenty of times this year. Uh, same thing with Purdy. Purdy has plenty of weapons. Like, listen, Goff got weapons, but not as good as those two, I don't think. No. So, no. so, so Goff, to me, like, listen, I love Amon Ra. Jameis Williams is nice. Sam Laporte is going to be a great tight end. But that's not CMC, Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo. And that's that's not that's not Tyreek, uh, Waddle, 
you know, a two-headed monster Moster. with Moster and A-Chain. That's not, that's not that. And, and, and so, by the way, and by the way, I'll mention this really quickly uh, before I make my big point on the lines. You could also say, look, Montgomery and Gibbs, yeah, they're good, but like, they're not world beaters. Not the reason the offense is going crazy. Am I wrong about that? Oh, you're right. No. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And, and, and to my bigger point, I realized something on, on Christmas Eve when I, because in the morning, if you were watching Red Zone, which I was, which I always do on Sundays, if you're watching the more or the morning games on the East Coast early window, obviously on the West Coast or for everyone. If you're watching the earlier window on Red Zone, you know what game you watch the most of? Lions Vikings. Most of the country, I bet you, didn't even watch that game on on Saturday, and that game was spectacular. That game was a ton of fun. Part part of my problem is this, and, and Brandon, you talked about this to me earlier in the week. And 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 the, the, I feel like most people around the country are looking at the Lions as like an eight or nine win team right now, and I think it's it's gross and disgusting. Now look, I, I we've said this for weeks. Their defense isn't very good. I totally understand that, and I'm not going to defend their defense whatsoever. I think it's awful. But the reality that we're just ignoring this team. Or most people around the country, I don't think we're ignoring it as much as, you know, we're actually talking about this team, I think, pretty much every week. But I think nationally, especially, nobody's talking about the Lions as much as they should, and it's kind of pissing me off. Other than the fact, oh yeah, we're going to celebrate because they won the NFC North, great. Like, I don't see a reason. When you look at where the Niners are and what they did today, you look at what the Eagles have done over the last month. You look at what the Lions are doing over the last month comparatively, and yes, it hasn't been perfect, but how many teams have good defenses this year? Not a lot, especially in the NFC. How is this team not a Super Bowl contender, realistically? Why are we, yeah. just, ign- why are we just ignoring this team like they're going to get knocked out in the playoffs? I mean, Brandon, you've talked about this on the show. You're scared shitless of the Lions right now. I don't think other yeah. Eagles fans are. Like, yeah. Why are we? Why are we talk? Why are we talk? Why are we not talking about the about the Lions as legitimate? I know it sounds nuts, but but from their history. But why are we not talking about the Lions as a legitimate Super Bowl contender with how weird the NFC has been, particularly defensively? Everyone's defense is kind of shit in the NFC. Yeah. Like everyone is kind of well, similar been, in that way. Shane, I go mean, ahead. we've been saying well, we've been saying on this show this whole year. Well, not this whole year, but the last few weeks that we don't think the Lions are a Super Bowl contender. So, well, yeah, are, I, I mean, I are get, we changing our minds about that? Well, well, well here's 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 okay. So I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be real. Uh, let me let me let me give like a full scope view of the NFC right now. The full scope view of the NFC for me after tonight is nobody looks like a true Super Bowl contender, but somebody has to win it. Sure, okay. And, and, I, and I think yeah. I think that's where, because I feel like, so for, from a microcosm, we could talk about, oh, the Lions aren't a contender. Hell, in a microcosm, we can talk about the Niners aren't a contender. Philly's not a contender. Then who is? Somebody in that top three is making the Super Bowl. I'm not going to say I, Dallas. That's you're not gonna, and you're not going to say Dallas. Like, yes, I understand what you're saying, Shane, but part of why we're saying that is because I think we're not looking at the NFC and saying nobody in the NFC is that good, okay? And 
to be truthfully honest, I don't know if anyone in the AFC is really that good to be considered a true Super Bowl contender at the moment. What a, what a season. So how are we supposed to view it, Shane? Like, to be realistic, yeah, well, yeah. To, be real, to be realistic, to be to be as realistic as possible, we can look at the AFC in a moment. To be as realistic as possible, I think there's only three contenders in the NFC. It's Philly, it's the Lions, and it's uh, the Niners, right? I think in no particular order, that's your three. In the AFC, are, are we really sure there's like a team that you can point at that's like... A contender? Ravens. The Ravens, yeah. The, Ra- the, the Ravens maybe? And, may- and maybe Miami, that's it. Like, the Ravens, I'm oh, not gosh. even confident in saying that. Right, so Ravens, Miami, is that it? Bills, question mark? Nah. After I, what I they did on Saturday? I don't care how hot the Bills get. They're still a bad football team. Like, they weren't great on Saturday. I just do. You, do you yeah. get what I do? You get what I mean, Shane? Where it's like we're yeah, at a point just, now in the season where it's like, how do we view Super Bowl contenders? There's probably only five, and even then, you can make an argument that every team has a distinct flaw that will kill them in the playoffs. Yeah. Every single well, team. That, that's that, that's the thing. I mean, like, it, I don't. This season, I, I've never viewed it as. There are no good teams. I I view it more as there are lots of good teams that all just have like a big, like you said, a a big flaw that can, depending on who they're playing, can get them out of the playoffs. Um, And I mean, we all we all know what that flaw is for every team. (laughs) Yeah, we all it's Christmas. Um, We know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think, I mean, this is going to be a season, I think, and I, I've been saying this for a couple weeks now, where the in the playoffs, the matchups are going to be really critical because, you know, if there's any year where the best team does not win at all, and instead it's just the team that, sort of got luckiest with their matchups, it's going to be this year. Um, yeah. And, th- and that does happen like probably every three, four, maybe five years. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this was one of those seasons, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, whereas like last year, that definitely was not the case. I, you know, I think it was very clear that, you know, like Kansas city and Philly were the best teams in the league, um, you know, so on and so forth. But yeah, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how it all works. I mean, you know, we, we've been saying that Detroit probably isn't a Super Bowl contender, but, you know, like you said, now after tonight and seeing how certain teams in San Francisco have unraveled. Um, Especially you know, when we said, like, and by the way, we said San Francisco was the number one team two weeks ago. I'm not saying that anymore. Like, it, it just changes every week. Yeah, now, we wanna, now, I don't want to overreact Ravens. after one game, but yeah, it's yeah, it's probably the Ravens at the moment. Um, which, like you said, even that feels weird. I don't even think <laughs> the Ravens are that good. 
Yeah. I don't. They're not. They got, I mean, they, let's look at tonight. Like, yeah, they're like right now they could still blow this game. They are literally on the verge of blowing this game. Yeah. There's two. Yeah. They're they're It's getting tight. Not anymore. Not anymore. Anyway, (laughs) like, like I don't saying the Ravens are the best team in football just pisses me off because I think over the last six weeks, they've just been up and down. But again, Every team has been up and down. So why am I getting pissy about them? <laughs> like, you know part what? of me is like, bro, like, every team's just getting... I think it's partially because people are freaking out about Lamar Jackson. And I think that's overbearing. But it's just like, you can feel that way about the Niners, too, if you want. Like, I don't know. I know why. You know why the lines haven't been talked about? I, I don't know why I've been thinking about this the whole time. <laughs> but... To me, it's a case of <clears throat> a few things. First of all, everybody's all ooh and ah about the uh, about the Niners, so that's that. that. That's their distraction there. And then everyone's looking at the Eagles, and they're like, whoa, look at how they're falling apart right now after the you know midway point of the season. And, uh, uh, was, and then, oh my God, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, <laughs> Mahomes, wow, what's going on there? It's just there's a lot of other... There's a lot of noise, and then the Lions are just trucking along, not the saying Lions anything, playing good football. They're up there all by themselves, and cold-ass Detroit, just minding their own business. Playing good football. And, biting kneecaps, playing you know. good football. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, no, I just kind of get forgotten about, because um, they're not, you know, some, they're not, they're not. Big market San Francisco or big market Philly, and they're not, you know, Taylor Swift, Kansas City. They're, you know, they're just little old Detroit up there kind of doing their thing. Yeah, to me, that feels like the problem with why they're not being talked about. But I no, and I and I agree, but every Sunday I love watching Detroit. I don't know if I'm, I don't know, I don't know if I'm one of the few people who just absolutely geeks out about watching Detroit. I love that team. Yeah, their defense pisses me off, but damn that offense is so fun. By the way, if you started ball if you started Baltimore's defense night in fantasy, congratulations, you just got a, another interest. You have five interceptions from them total. Jesus I'm Christ in that. playoff semifinals or finals, depending on which or actually semifinals. Yeah. Um my God. Uh, Rams, do you guys think the Rams have a chance to be a tough matchup in the playoffs? Is what they did on Thursday? If they play us, <laughs> if play Philly. depending on who they play, absolutely, yeah. I mean, because I, we, because we're we're gonna get torched by Puka and Cooper in the playoffs, and Matt Stafford's catching fire. So, you know, I really want to see. And this is purely for the story and nothing else. I really want to see the Rams play the Lions in Detroit. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's absolutely going to happen. I think it's about that. I think so. Right now, right now. Yeah, right now. Detroit gets the second seed, though. Yeah, right. Well, right now it's shaping up to be Eagles, Rams. Oh, geez. Yeah. So, it's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee, but it, it's it, it could. could be there. It definitely could. Um, I mean, who? So okay. Like right now, 
I feel like the because right now the NFC playoffs, it's um, it's San Francisco, Philly, Detroit, Detroit. No, sorry. Wait. Yeah. 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 Um, Detroit, and then, and then it's Tampa, and then yeah. Tampa, and then it's Dallas. Which I think Tampa is going to be really. In- which I think Tampa is going to be really interesting because they're getting hot at the right time. Tampa, or sorry, uh, Dallas, LA, and then Seattle. So uh, at the moment, yeah, it'd be. Yeah, at the moment, it, it would be LA and Detroit. Um, and that is. As Brandon said, that is very interesting. I'm gonna give um, you I'm gonna give you guys a dark horse <laughs> list of teams I think can make playoff upsets. You ready for this? Yeah, I'm gonna give yeah. you guys a list. Rams, Bills, maybe. Okay. Bucks, yeah, yeah. Bucks, I think so. And give me Cleveland Browns. Wow. If they oh, yeah. make it in. Yeah. Cleveland right now, can absolutely make right now an they're upset. slated to play Jacksonville. They beat Jacksonville. Right. Cleveland beats Jacksonville so, right now. Brandon, does yeah. do you think so? I mean, I think they do. I mean, Joe Flacco has been real. Like the the guy came off the couch and is throwing three hundred yard games for the Browns. Imagine the Jets could have grabbed him, but the Jets said no. What a um, sack of uh, idiots! I mean, I mean, I don't think it would have changed. He would have he would have went back to the same system he came out of. So I don't think it would have changed a whole lot, but. I mean, I mean, it's still been better probably than than what they have, but I mean, right now, like, Amari's the goat for a reason. I mean, (laughs) like, you know what's crazy though? Like Amari Cooper, like, bro, the guy had two hundred sixty-five receiving yards yesterday. Two sixty-five, and the thing is, like, it wasn't like he was wide open. A lot of them, Flacco was putting the ball on the money. The perfect throws all day long. So like it's it's like you know that that's just insane that that he was doing that, but you know it's like between him and between how great Jim Schwartz has that defense playing, why why couldn't they upset a team or two? Right. Now? I think I think yeah I think I think in the wild card they can absolutely make an upset. I honestly believe that. I also want to mention this about Cleveland. This is what an actual franchise quarterback is, Cleveland. This this is what it is like. Deshaun Watson, thirty eight, but well, yeah, but you, I, but yes, I get that. But it's like, bro, no, I know what you mean. Deshaun Watson is sitting up in the booth drinking mimosas, doesn't even give a shit. You paid him five years, two hundred million, and here's a guy off his couch actually giving a shit about making the playoffs. If they don't get rid of Deshaun Watson next year, I'm gonna be pissed off. I want him cut. I can't do the bro. How how as a Browns fan do you accept Deshaun Watson as your quarterback next year? How no, no, well, after they, they, seeing they this, they didn't, they didn't even accept it when when he got announced. Like when the, when the deal was done, they I, I know I don't know a single one that liked it. They all hated it. But what Every I'm saying is how how do you accept it now? We just saw Joe yeah, Flacco yeah. and 38 just going crazy and actually making Le- Amari Cooper being Amari Cooper, which is what he should have been. Under Deshaun Watson at the beginning of the year and part of last year. Deshaun Deshaun Watson is just a more talented Jamarcus Russell. There, I said it. 
D done. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm done. I'm done with him. I I'm so like. If he is slated to be their starter, which I'm almost confident he will be, I will blow a gasket. I will I, like seeing what oh, Joe man. Flacco, seeing what Joe Flacco has done with that roster, and I get it, he's 38, but Joe Flacco knows how to be a professional. How do you go back to that? How? How do you go back to Deshaun Watson? I don't understand. Trade him, cut him. I think if you cut him, it's like a hundred whatever million in a cap hit. I'll take it. I, you paid him a stupid contract. It's one of the worst contracts in NFL history at this point. It it's probably the is the worst. Brandon, do you think it one. is? It's probably one of the worst, if not the worst. It's, it's up there. If, if it's not the worst, it's definitely up there. Shane, do you think it's one of the worst, if not the worst, at this point? Uh, yeah. I mean, this is why you don't give guys massive extensions like that before they've even played a snap on your football team. <clears throat> Cleveland, and he didn't, and he Denver. Didn't, <laughs> Cleveland, Denver. Um, but not only yeah. that, he didn't play a snap for like a year and a half. And you still gave him that extension. Yeah. For, for, for Denver, it made a little more sense because... You know, people were like, "Oh, well, you know, it's it's Ross. He'll, he'll you know, he'll be good." It's like, and, yeah, and they well, and they trade and they basically Deshaun. traded for him, and they saw him play right. the year before in Seattle. But Deshaun didn't play at well, all they, the previous year. I mean, they did trade for him, but yes, but Deshaun, yeah, he hadn't played in a long time. But bigger issue was, you know, he had just a a little off field controversy that he was dealing with. <laughs> uh, maybe you heard about it. I don't know, but and. I mean, that was like, dude. Um, so, yeah, that was, I don't know. when I, But, I mean, that's just, that's a typical, that's a classic Browns move, you know, just. Bro, it's like, I, oh, I, let's make I, a stupid financial decision? <laughs> sure. Sure, yeah. let's do it. Great and, idea. And by the way, uh, you might, you might, some of you listening to this might be like, why would you cut him? He has a fully guaranteed contract. Dude, I pay him to get him out the door. I don't care. I'll pay him the. I'll pay him however much it was. I don't. And what is it? Two hundred, three hundred million? Screw it. I'll pay it. I, I just. Yeah. He cares I either. To, uh, yeah, I don't think he cares either. Doesn't He's just there like for it. the money. Like, just get him out of there, man. Get him out of there and get someone new who actually cares. Or build up DTR a little bit more because he had a good preseason. He struggled a little bit, but he can go through some rookie lumps. I don't know. Do something. Bring back Joe Flacco next year. It'd be a million times better. I just. Ah, oh, so stupid, so stupid, unbelievable. Um, the worst, you know, the worst. You know what's the worst part about it? Like Deshaun Watson, like uh, had all the talent in the world, but the the dude is so unserious about football and so unserious about life in general. Like he's 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 a whole decade younger than Joe Flacco, and he's also way more mobile. And Joe Flacco is carving teams, and Deshaun Watson was throwing three interceptions against them all, like in the games he played. Like he doesn't care, bro. The guy has, has does not give one shit. Doesn't give at least could not care less about anything in his life because he he got the bag, he got a guaranteed contract. Why would he care about anything else for the rest of his life? Why would he, uh, bro? And, and, and you want to talk about, and Shane, you can speak to this as a Joe Flacco guy, but you want to talk about legacy, man. What Joe Flacco is doing this year, 
at 38, where we thought he was washed, it's unbelievable, man. Like, it's just, he comes in and off the couch and becomes a leader and can possibly win a play. If he wins a playoff game, I don't even care. I'm putting him in the Hall of Fame. He's done enough. Like, I just, bro. Like, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I, I'll put him yeah. in there. I don't know for Spout, but I'll put him in there. No, I mean, I've always jokingly been a Joe Flacco guy because, you know, as you guys know, after he won the Super Bowl, even though he didn't play that great, everyone was like, he's amazing. And I was like, whoa, all right, slow down here. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this year, has has sort of changed my perception of him. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't... Or, well, yeah. I don't know if it really affects my... Like, how I view his legacy. Um, but I will say, I you know, I used to, like, joke about him and be like, oh, yeah, oh, greatest quarterback ever, <laughs> you know, Joel Flacco. But now, I... I kind of feel bad saying that now because I, I kind of respect him. <laughs> uh, and, you know, just like you said, because of what he's, what he's doing and, um, and credit as well to um, the coaching staff there in Cleveland. I think not just, you know, the quarterback injuries, but they have had injuries everywhere. I mean, Chubb, uh, offensive line, DBs. I mean, their DBs are dropping like flies. They've had injuries everywhere. Yeah, they've had they the most. They've had the most injuries in the league by a mile this year. By the way, yeah, and they're ten and five. Like that. That's not possible. Um, but they're doing it. So I mean, you know, like hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we truly live in a crazy time when uh, the Lions and the Browns are like two of the top five or six teams in the league. Um, <laughs> when, you know, um, two or three years ago, that would have been a laughable dream. And, uh, you know, now it's happening. It's like, eh, all right. But... Also, Houston, we have a problem. I'm just going to really talk quickly talk about Houston because it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter. They got smoked, as they probably should have. So Case Keenum was announced as a starter. He was serviceable last week. Nothing special. And then in the middle of the second quarter, Davis Mills comes in. And even the announcers are confused. And Scott Hansen's confused. And everyone's confused. Nobody knew what was going on. And then they announce like two play like two plays into Davis Mills go, oh yeah, they're gonna run a two QB system the rest of the game. What? What the what? Of course you're gonna get, but you're running a two QB system in the middle of the second quarter and then just keeping it the whole damn game. What the hell? What are you guys doing? Just unbelievably stupid. If you install a starter, keep him in there. Davis Mills did not deserve to get on that field on Sunday, but whatever. Um, last thing, uh, and then we'll talk about the Peacock game and then do our other stuff. But uh, uh, speaking of problems, uh, Brandon, we have a problem in Dallas. They still can't win on the road. 
and they absolutely will not be able to win on the road the rest of the year. Yeah, no, they're they're one. If they don't win a division, which I don't think it happens now, they don't. I mean, I think it happens because Philly is just Philly's Philly. But if, but if they don't win a division, they're one down in the playoffs. They're not going to win on the road. They, they're like no matter who they play, whether that whether you know we still got to see how seating changes, but whether that's Philly, whether that's Detroit, whether that's I mean I mean they're not going to play the Bucks. So whether it's either Philly or Detroit, or if they somehow get past the first round, which I don't think they will, but if they do. You know, they would probably have to end up playing, or no, they wouldn't. Would they? Would they end up playing the Niners? Divisional no, the Bucks is the Bucks is absolutely who they play in the wild card. So yeah, they'd be the yeah, four yeah, and five yeah, seed. Yeah, 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 four yeah. five. Uh, yeah, four or five. I don't know. Why I, was, I couldn't do the math, but, but well, still, yeah. I think they'd lose to Tampa in Tampa. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I think so. Unlike last year, especially without Tampa's defense is starting to come alive again. Yeah, I, I, and I. <laughs> They don't have a single DB that could probably cover Mike Evans, right? Mike Evans is on fire this whole season. Like right now, like I know Baker Mayfield, like like Mike Evans is, is a whole different breed. Baker Mayfield's on a revenge tour this year. Like I know the Cowboys have a high-powered offense, and their defense is still decent, but they can't win games on the road. And like the thing is, too, in Tampa, especially in 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 January, like I. I, I, my family, we, we have that house down in South Florida an hour from Tampa. It rains every damn day down there. There's <laughs> no, I don't think there's any way if that game is played in any kind of bad conditions, I don't think there's any way Dallas even scores more than maybe 17 points on Tampa. There's no, I don't, I can't see it, especially on the road. I, I don't know. Like I, you know. Part of me thinking is thinking no, they're you know they're 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 too they're they're good enough to where they could beat Tampa. Either way, like they beat Tampa, they're gonna get a big head and then they're gonna get blown the hell out on the road the following week. So either way, that Dallas is not winning a Super Bowl. You know, nice dream to have Cowboys fans, but once again, the thing you're here. So good night. Good night, uh, Shane. What's your reaction to what they've done on the road this year? Not great. I mean. <laughs> You know, especially in especially in bad weather situations. Um, yeah, I mean, if they play, it, it feels like Tampa is the most likely outcome here for them uh, going to Tampa for the second year in a row, um, which is going to look a little different now without without Tommy. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think Tampa wins this time because they've been they've been pretty hot lately, and um, and Dallas, yeah, well, they were hot, but <laughs> now they're kind of now they're kind of uh, running with their tails between their legs. Um, so you know, probably not not going to be doing much. Especially, like Brandon said, with all the rain down there, I don't think it's going to turn out well for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they're not they're not compatible on the road whatsoever. Their offense just butters. Uh, I, I don't see them. I, I can see them losing a lot of their game, especially in uh, in uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, let's talk about I, with the Chargers. I just want to talk about the fact this game was on Peacock. Shane, how much of it did you catch on Saturday? Uh, none. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. I was. Um, uh, well, we 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 also were doing stuff, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I know. I was just sitting there the whole time thinking, I wonder if Brandon Staley is watching this. Um, <laughs> yeah, which who knows? But anyways, uh, Brandon, how how much of this did you catch live on uh, on Peacock? Uh I think I caught maybe. Oh Lord, I probably caught five minutes of this. That's because we had that that uh the uh the box that we used to, to stream games like you know yeah third so you know uh, the super probably, box I, which by the way a lot of people do have so uh yeah, it is but, a uh, thing but I but I yeah I probably I think I got I didn't watch it because I knew the game was gonna be trash I just turned it on for the fourth quarter just to watch what happened so I really just caught probably most of the fourth quarter that was really it now, now, minus the fact that it's very similar to the NBC broadcast, what was your kind of opinion on kind of how the broadcast looked? It was all right. I mean, it wasn't wasn't that bad. Uh, I, I yeah, I watched uh, the NFL Network replay because uh, if you have NFL Network, there's this little thing you should know, which is they replay games all the time. Uh, especially on days where there's like a couple games, they'll replay it like later at night. So I knew they were going to replay the Peacock game. Uh, and then I watched it um, while, I, while I was on the phone with you, Brandon, I think. And I said to you very clearly, this looks like shit. Because it's, it's, yeah. it, it's basically a internet broadcast being simulcast on a TV network. It looked like shit. It looked like 600p maybe. And like, yeah, it was yeah, and I, like and I, the, no, it no, wasn't it wasn't too terrible, but it was but yeah, like the the, the actual like the the commentating and stuff like that wasn't too bad, but the because quality. it's the same thing, it's the same thing. Yeah, but like I, my biggest thing with uh with the peacock thing is like part part of my problem with it is this number one is I think it's fine for a regular season game. But I, I don't see the point of having an exclusive wildcard game on Peacock versus having it on Amazon. And that's kind of where my my issue arises. And I think you guys agree with this. Al Michaels is not going to get a playoff game this year because he's having that whole thing with NBC. Why not have Kirk Herbstreet and Al Michaels do a game on Prime, do a wildcard game on Prime on the first Saturday of wildcard weekend? Over them just putting a random game on Peacock. Because here's the thing. Not a lot of people subscribe to Peacock. The numbers for Peacock are actually extremely low. By comparison to other you know, major streaming networks. I guess would be the term. So like. I, I guess it's to drive up subscribers. I get that. But it's like. Wh- why are we not giving. In my opinion the best crew. All season. And people might be like, oh, it's on Prime. Not a lot of people get that. A lot of people have Amazon Prime. Almost all of us have it. Because free packaging and all this stuff. It's basically just like a thing everyone purchases. It's it's a very common thing to have Amazon Prime, especially for our age. More people have that than Peacock. Just a, lot, a lot more people do. So, like, just put it on Amazon. Like, Peacock, putting a game like this on Peacock, and I'm sure there's a lot of people too that don't even remember there's a wildcard game on Peacock. So PSA, there is a wildcard game on Peacock. And I hope it's an ass one. But knowing them, it's probably going to be the best playoff game 
of that weekend. I just mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. I don't see the point of it. I don't see the point of like doing like if we want to test internet streaming for the NFL, and we should. I'm okay with putting a game on Peacock in the regular season. Fine. I, I'm okay with that. But in the playoffs, why not give it to the network who uh might have the most subscribers? Where more people could watch it versus just oh we're we're gonna have a free trial of Peacock and it might not work very well and I don't think the pro- broadcast worked very well anyway. It, it just baffles me beyond belief. Uh, Shane, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I I agree, but you know it's when it's an NBC affiliate, they're like oh yeah let's do it. So yeah, this is what we're uh, this is what we're stuck with again. Because I mean, like, if you if you think about it this way too, like, Peacock already doesn't have enough people subscribing to it. So if you are, if you take the game away from them, they really won't have anybody. Like that 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 app will die. <laughs> that app's already dying. Die. It died in the UK last week. They removed it in the UK last week. Yeah, I know, but it's like Jesus. Like that's the only thing keeping them alive would would be to get that damn game. But. I mean, they yeah, have the I, Premier League, but that's not enough for them to get subscribers. Yeah, that's that's not enough, and not not in the U.S. You know, the U.S. You know, it's different. But, um, but when it comes to, when it comes to that, like, if they don't get those games, like, what are people really going to use Peacock for? Like, what wrestling? I know they have the wrestling market, the WWE market, but yeah, that's that's really it. Like, but even so, people still don't use Peacock. That they'll, they'll they'd rather watch YouTube videos of old WWE clips rather than watch it on Peacock. So I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. Pe- Peacock is just, uh, it's just another way to stream. But it's like people don't want to watch it because it's garbage. So it's just uh, my biggest problem with the the whole Peacock thing. Again, in the regular season, it's fine. Who cares? But in the playoffs, why why does this make sense logistically for the NFL when? And, and, re- and here's the thing, is the reason they're doing this game on Peacock is to test how the audience numbers are on a streaming service for a playoff game. I get that, but why are we testing it on a low-end platform that is nobody? Test it on Amazon with the best crew in the business. That makes a lot more sense to me. I just don't get that at all. It makes zero sense. Amazon's getting the best youth viewership ever. Not everyone from that viewership is going to just tune into Peacock. It's not going to happen that way. I mean, it might because it's a wildcard playoff game. But most people are going to forget that they have a wildcard playoff game. And then they're going to be like, oh, crap, one of the wildcard games is on Peacock. What the fuck? Like, I'm, I'm sorry. This is how people are going to react. And if it's if it's two teams that have local channels for the games, they're gonna watch on the local channels, not Peacock. Well, yeah, and then the quality is gonna be ass again. It's it's not worth it. I don't know. It's just like as much as I love NBC, as much as I like what the NFL does with their schedule in terms of networks, not the games themselves, but in terms of the networks, I just don't think it's a smart move to just put a wildcard game on Peacock um, at all. It's it's ridiculous. Um, all right, moving on from the games, uh, Brandon, are are you are you ready to uh, pay off your bet since Shane's here? One hundred percent. Fifteen reasons, not ten. Fifteen reasons why the Cowboys are better than the Eagles uh, with the Seahawks <laughs> winning last week. 
Go so ahead. You know, how, like, you know how like David Letterman would have like his, you know, ten reasons for for stupid things. Like, yeah, I have this for for Philadelphia, for direct the Cowboys in Philly. So I didn't put these in any real order. Actually, and then this is this is why I have I came up with ten off the top of my head, and then another couple ones I kind of had to think about. Or I was like, I'm certain these are true. I have to look up the actual actual numbers. So these 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 range from obvious things to like ones that are obscure. So uh, the Cowboys have the all-time uh, rec- record against the Eagles, including the playoffs, which is 73 and 56. So 70 and 55, 70 and 55 in the regular season, three and one in the playoffs against Philly. Um, Cowboys obviously have more Hall of Famers, 32 compared to Philly's 25. Uh, Cowboys obviously have the all-time leading rusher. Philly has not gotten close to that, and no one else has, but especially Philly. Um, Cowboys also have two receivers with more yards in franchise history than Philly's one leader. Uh, there are two, well, not two receivers, but two receiving targets, I should say. Uh, Jason Witten and Michael Irvin both had had more, and then the leading receiver actually in Philly's history, you're, I mean, you probably won't get the name. Uh, it's Harold Carmichael. It's Carmichael? Carmichael. Oh my god! Uh, so of course, uh, with their winning history, Tom Landry is the winningest head coach in their history, 250 wins. The Eagles' winningest head coach is Andy Reid, who only has 130. Uh, Eagles haven't won in Dallas since 2017. Meanwhile, the Cowboys have won in Philly in 2021. Uh, Eagles haven't swept Dallas since 2011. Uh, they they should have done it this year. They didn't, and then they got swept last year by Dallas. Um, I'm really paying your voice as you do this. So, oh no, this is also cathartic for me. This is cathartic when I dunk on my <laughs> team. So anyway, so uh, and this is this is an obvious one. I mean, this is I mean this is subjective, but it's also the I think it's true. Dak is playing at an MVP level this year. Jalen Hurts is not. Um. At least not in the past three weeks, but that was also after last week, and last week he looks like crap. Um, Cowboys have a tower, or at least from most statistical metrics, Cowboys are a top five D this year. Philly is a bottom five defense. Um, and then the last reason for the tenth one is Cowboy. This is every every Cowboys fan that never never has anything logical to say. Here's my dig at them for a second. Cowboys fans never have anything logical to say because the only thing they bring up. Despite no matter how much the Eagles have won since 2000, since I've been born against them and against against the entire NFCs and things like that, Cowboys always bring up they have five rings. Philly has one. Uh, and then here's your bonus reasons. This is actually kind of funny. Well, this remember this is before this these week's games. So this is after last week. So some bonus reasons. Here's my other five. So in terms of former tight ends, Jason Witten has more. This is just among the former tight ends of each team. Jason Witten has more yards and TDs than Zach Ertz and Brent Selleck combined. Jesus. Um, huh. Well, uh, what was he? What do we got? Uh, remember, this after last week. We're not counting these games today. Tony Pollard has more TDs this year than DeAndre Swift. He has five. Swift had four. Um, Again, not Lamb, counting last week with that. Or not counting this week with that. So there we go. Yeah. Stevie Lamb has more TDs than AJ Brown this year, eight to seven. Um, here we go. Oh, this is a funny one. 
and this is, this is true because he's been Mr. Automatic. Brandon Aubrey is currently the NFL scoring leader. Jake Elliott is eighth. Jesus. Uh, also, Brandon Aubrey hasn't missed a field goal this year. Jake Elliott, I think, has missed a, like one or two. He hasn't missed many, but he's missed one or two. Can, can I pause you for a second? Yeah. Really quick. Brandon Aubrey deserves Rookie of the Year consideration. It's in some Absolutely. way, shape, or form. Uh, but continue. And the last one, the last one just, I think this hurts me a lot because this was heavily tilted in the Eagles' favor last year, and it's not this year. Cowboys are top three in turnover differential this year. They're plus nine. Eagles are near the bottom. I think they're out. They're just outside the bottom five. They're negative six. Jesus. So, yeah, there you go. There's 15 reasons. Shane, does that satisfy the bet for you? That was pretty good for me. We need another tent now. <laughs> um, I can find yeah, another tent yeah. if you want me to. <laughs> you can no, find another tent. No, 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 no. That, that, that'll do. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, you seem very sad yeah. reading that. I'm going to be honest. You did. Uh, well, because, you know, it, as, it means- as it was going, I, I could just hear, Hello, darkness, my, my old friends. friends. <laughs> I, 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 had, I had a concussion grenade going off in my head, <laughs> pretty much. You know, when you just you hear that ringing, that tinnitus in your ear from it, it's like that. That's exactly what I have going on right now. Um, but no, it's it's not. It, it it's crazy. It pains me, but it also doesn't because the Eagles deserve to get dunked on with how with like, like they're eleven and four. Cowboys are ten and five. Cowboys are still the better football team right now. Um, but you know, you still. But hey, listen, I can say this. Cowboys fan. I've never met a Cowboys fan that has given me given me one legitimate argument as to why they are better, like currently, than the Eagles. And I've never met a Cowboys fan that if they're under the age of thirty, most of them don't know ball, and most of them yeah. only bring up and most of them only bring up that they have five rings. Bro, you weren't even alive for any of them. <laughs> I've seen my Eagles make the Super Bowl three times in my lifetime. You haven't seen the Cowboys make one in 30 years. So, you know, I listen, as much as I, I would love to sit here and give you mo- even more reasons as to why the Cowboys are better throughout their history, recent history favors the Eagles, and I'm proud of that. And that's why it's going to stay because, you know, we didn't boys this our year. Yeah, no, it's not. You're going to be one down in the playoffs. So enjoy your little your little run where you were uh, blowing, blowing crappy teams out by 30 every week because that's over. Oh, look at this. The Giants actually have been officially eliminated from playoff contention. There we go. They're done. I thought they were before the game. No, they, they were today. Um, somebody said somebody on, the, somebody on the broadcast lied then because someone geez. said they were. I guess. Um, all right. How the Grinch Stall Christmas Jim Carrey 2000 was our movie pick this week. I also watched the 60s version, as you guys said. Uh, Shane, as always, you open it up. This was more of a group decision. Uh, but what what are your thoughts and feelings on this film? Uh, well, first of all, did you watch the cartoon first? Yes. Okay, with my great. mom. By the way, Excellent. I watched the movie and the cartoon with my mom. So there we go. So um, this is... This movie to me is is very impressive in many ways because 
I always thought that this was a story that did not lend itself to live action at all because it's such a, you know, it's a Dr. Seuss book, right? It's, it's a very, it's such a unique art style. It's something that really looks great for animation, but translated to real life can look weird <clears throat> cat in the hat or it can <laughs> or, or it, it can just be you know very difficult to to emulate it and make it look not just not just make it look weird but make it look um i guess you know sort of like natural or i don't know I, anyways but this movie does that very well, I think. Um, I feel like it totally brings Whoville to life in a very clever way that is true to the source, um, but also works really well on camera. And, um, you know, it's just weird enough that it feels like it's kind of this different thing, but not so weird that it's like, totally foreign and unrelatable to us. And, you know, the, the hair and makeup for everybody is just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I mean, dude, there was hours and hours for every actor every day. Now uh, doing hair and makeup, and it paid off. I mean, you know, it's obviously, but, um, yeah, this whole movie was shot indoors in sound stages. Uh, really? Wow. Yeah, I mean, they built all these crazy, large, elaborate sets and props and everything, which to me is very impressive because it just it shows such a keen attention to detail. And, um, you know, that's you don't. You don't always see that in movies like this where it's all, you know, sets that are built up. And um, sometimes you do, like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies are really great with that. But, you know, then you have, <laughs> then you have, you know, um, Batman v Superman or the Star Wars prequels where, uh, it's quite literally just a green background and like nothing else, nothing that they <laughs> interact with, nothing at all. Um, you know, so, um, yeah, but, you know, and then adapting, adapting a short story like that to a feature length film is also very difficult. Um, but it's also, it can also be, you know, you can take a lot of creative liberties with it. And, you know, I mean, this is a relatively simple story. It's just, you know, it's a guy who, <laughs> it's a guy who hates Christmas and he's like, I'm going to ruin Christmas for them. So he just goes down to the town, you know, does his thing. And then he has a change of heart. Okay. Yeah. That's about a 30 minute story. But when you make it a feature length, obviously you have to elaborate so they can show a little bit of his upbringing and, how he got the way he was and um, 
you know, and then showing him, you know, in the town trying to kind of interact and integrate himself in there, but just feeling like an outcast and then showing how his relationship with, um, the girl, I always forget her name, Mary, who or whatever, or Cindy Lou and then Mary. Yeah. Mary. Yes. Thank you. Um, you know, showing how that develops and ultimately contributes to his change of heart in the end. And, um, you know, you just, you have all these different options and, um, and I think they explored that all really well. I mean, you know, it certainly could have been just a bunch of useless, nonsensical filler, like often happens with, <laughs> with these cases where it's a short story adapted into a feature, but, um, which I would say is what happened with the Benedict Cumberbatch Grinch movie, but, um, but, you know, that's an Illumination movie, so of course it was ass. <laughs> In any case, um, <laughs> um, I, th- I thought this was a a wonderful um, adaptation and, you know, it was a perfect, perfect way to bring a story like this to life, I think. But what do you guys think? Uh, Brandon, I'm going to go first. I know this is one of your favorite movies ever. Uh, this movie's ass. It's Whoa, let me finish. Really? Let me finish. This movie is awful. It is so atrociously bad. Minus Jim Carrey, every actor is awful. Off Sydney Lou is terribly cast. She's a terrible Sydney Lou. Sorry, dunk on a kid. She's fucking awful. The parents are awful. The noses of the guys freak me the fuck out. Mary, I'm sorry, just wants to fuck the Grinch raw. That's all she wants to do. It's so fucking clear. It's absolutely disgusting. Oh, wait, Martha, Martha. There you go. Or Martha. Martha. Yeah, Martha. Yeah, she just wants to fuck him. She just wants to have sex with him. That's all it is. The whole movie is of a sexual fetish with this guy. It's so fucking clear. It's just a sexual fetish. Jim Carrey's wonderful. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but it's also perfect. (laughs) But it's also absolutely perfect. And you know why? You know why it's absolutely perfect? Because they just said, fuck it. We'll do whatever we want with this story. We'll be as elaborate (laughs) and as wild and as dumb as we possibly can with Jim Carrey in the title role, and we'll just make a film. And they saw and they did that perfectly. This movie is horrible, but it's also absolutely perfect because Jim Carrey is perfect in it. The makeup is perfect, minus their noses. I think that was disgusting. Like, they just decided, what if we take the Grinch, take this very simple story, and go balls to the wall in the most eccentric way possible? It is awful. But it's awful in probably the best way possible. It's kind of like, um, what is what you, Brandon? You know what I kind of compare this to? I compare this to like Batman Returns with the Penguin. The movie's yeah. awful, but there's parts of it that you really really like. Um, it's basically that. It's a really bad movie. Jim Carrey's wonderful in it. Sydney Lou is awful. 
the parents are awful. The commercialism was really funny because that's what Christmas has kind of been over the last 20 yeah. years. It's such a bad movie, especially compared to the 60s cartoon, which is a breath of fresh air. It's just the book. All it is is the book, but it's wonderful. I think that I think the Illumination Grinch is a thousand times better than this movie. But at the same time, as much as I think this movie is awful, I did quite enjoy the awfulness because it just went balls to the wall. And I respect it. <laughs> I respect it. I get why this is a Christmas classic. I, I, I yeah, no, I, in my opinion, it was absolutely, it was an absolutely awful movie, but it's a good, awful movie. It's definitely one I'll watch again on Christmas. Uh, but that's my opinion. Brandon, what's the, you, I think, I don't know if you mentioned this last week, but what's the, who's the rock star? Who's the character, who's the actor that became a rock star? slash character in real life after this movie uh that would be taylor momsen who played cindy lou who there you um, go we have a rock star yeah. who's a much and, better rock star than she was as cindy lou so props to and, her and who, who and is she thing, again the crazy thing is is that like it's not just it's not, it's not just like she's any rock star she is she is massive in the alternative rock alternative metal like that scene like that whole community like they're one of the best-selling bands currently of the past 10 years um, and what's the band again to tell our audience? The pretty, the people? Uh, the pretty reckless. Pretty reckless. Oh, um, they, they are. They are. They're a hard rock band. I saw them live. She, she is. She is fantastic. I'm so glad she chose to be a musician over an actor. Um, they they're fantastic though. She she listen. She well. She said like after after this role and after a few more roles, like as she got into being like a teenager and into a young adult, she didn't want to act as much. Her real heart was in music. So you know it it does make sense that she's turned it into an absolutely fantastic career. Um, but uh, go ahead, Brandon. Go ahead. Give give us your thoughts on your rewatch here. Yeah, when it comes to this movie, I mean, I didn't think she was that bad. There is a couple awful moments where I'm like, oh, that's a little cringy. But um, even for a child actor, I'm like, oh, that's a little, that's a little bit weird. But, um, but um, regardless, like, I mean, this this is a Jim Carrey star vehicle. That's what this is. Um, but. And that's why it's become a Christmas staple because Jim Carrey is so ridiculous in this movie and in the best way possible that it's what makes it a Christmas classic. Um, it's why they show it every year on TV. Um, it's why you can watch it, you know, on any streaming service. Some of because some of the movies you can't. Um, yeah, yeah, it's on it's on Freeform. We watched it on demand on Freeform. Super easy. Yeah. Um, and that's what I did for my rewatch today. And also, I just wanted to watch. I love watching that movie on Christmas. Um, and it's crazy that it's crazy that the actors were bad because all those actors are well-known names. <laughs> all of them. There's, there's Jeffrey Tambor who plays the mayor. He's done so many different things in his career. Uh, he's, uh, he's fantastic in other things that he does. Um, Molly Shannon plays, uh, what's her name? Uh, Betty Lou Who. Um, and she is a former SNL star, Saturday Night Live, and also she was from, I know her from A Night at the Roxbury, one of my, f- my favorite comedy movies ever, Will Ferrell. Um, uh, who else? Oh yeah, uh, Clint Howard, which is Ron Howard's brother, obviously the director. Um, 
and Ron Howard was a good actor back in his day himself. Um, but like the, I love, I love the fact that the jokes are, the humor is dark. I love dark humor. So I love stuff like this. I love that the humor is wild. I love there's a lot of inside jokes. I love that there's a lot of like wink, wink moments. I love that he breaks the fourth wall <laughs> because you didn't see, you didn't see that a lot in movies back at that time. Yep. So, so that was pretty cool. Um, Still don't I really. Mean, yeah, yeah. Deadpool. That's it. But and um, She-Hulk. But yeah. Yeah, but um, but uh, you have uh, the but the but the main thing. Even Ron Howard said this too. I think in a few interviews back in the day when they, when this movie was coming out, and also I think they said it to this day. The main thing about this movie, besides Jim Carrey being an absolute beast, is the fact that uh, this movie focused so much on set design, on stunts, on on just the art of it. This was an artsy. Basically, this was somebody's art project. This was somebody's acid trip art project. And yes, that's exactly what it is. Um, yeah, and that was Ron Howard's acid trip art project. Um, but and that's what makes it so great, though, because I I don't like movies that that can bore me, and this never does, because. Whether it's a cringy moment or whether it's funny or whether it's like and the thing is too, not for nothing. You like even if you think this is an awful movie, which a lot of people still do, but it's Christmas classic for a reason by this point after twenty three years, is well, a that this is the movie that made Jim Carrey like he was already known on this side of the world, on the western side of the world, but this is what made him known worldwide. Um, and this is also basically you know with this movie um it's just the fact that it's it's how can i describe it it's just it's just become a cult classic not just because the story was known beforehand well known beforehand but the the creative liberties they made were so wild um the story they told was was dank and a little bit eerie but also like you know it, it also had its sweet and tender moments um, and if it's like you pay attention, there's a they, they, I love that they make fun of a lot of other genres of movies. They poke fun at the action genre when he, when the car explodes, uh, uh, and he's, you know, he's diving away from the explosion. <laughs> um, so they make fun of the action genre there. They make fun of, they actually make fun of, of movies themselves when he, uh, when he's, when he puts on the, the that director's cap in his cave and he's telling Max to to uh, play a part for him to show him he can be like Rudolph, and he, he pops his nose off. And he's like, "Brilliant! You reject your own nose because it represents so much like the fall of commercialism or something like that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also I also so, really quickly say this too before you finish, man. Max is always the best character in every edition of this of this film. Uh, in Max my is opinion, a good. Max is good, it's, but. Please it's, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. But the thing, what, yeah, that's what I was trying to get at. The, what makes this movie so special too is also, after all these years, I've known people who are my age. I know people who are in their forties. There is quotable line after quotable line after quotable line in this movie. Nothing but quotable lines. I mean, they all come from Jim Carrey, but like the scene where he checks his schedule, and he's <laughs> like, like that is a scene. Uh, that four four o'clock. I'm wallowing in my own self pity. <laughs> yeah, like that, 
that's a, that, that's that is a quote that I make almost every second of every day, and people know exactly <laughs> where it's from. And I'm like, yep, because you know why? That's me. I don't have an actual job right now, so I'm like, that is my schedule every single day that I wake up. Um, but like. You know, especially or when he or just the fact of him answer answering him, he's like, oh, he's when he finds it odd that nobody calls him, but it's also because he, when he leaves the uh, the answering machine on, his message is threatening them to gut them like a fish. <laughs> like it's like there's so many memorable moments in this movie and memorable quotes, and Jim Carrey is such a star. Like he was a star before, but even so, even more after this, like. And then just the, if you look at the fun facts about it, it makes you appreciate the movie more. The the time it took to get them all in makeup, the the the, the extensive hours they worked on set, not just for the actors, but for the set designers, the makeup artists, the everything of like this, like I said, this was probably this is probably I mean, there's been plenty of movies that have gone, you know, very, very artsy and very, very creative and things like that since then. But this movie was like the biggest one at that time to really be like this movie is like beyond creative. Like it's, it's something where it's like, it's gonna, it's, it's Christmassy. And you know what the story is, but my God, they do they pull it off so well? Like just with, with, and that's why I, I love it just because the, I, I appreciate the, the art form of it, of how they did everything. And the, and I always, I always find new fun facts every day that I'm looking up about this movie and it makes me love it even more. It makes me appreciate it even more. Um, but like, you know, you know, this movie for me is like a seven out of 10 on a regular scale, maybe a six out of 10, but for a Christmas movie, this movie is one of my top five favorites of all time. And it's probably my favorite ever. And that's never going to change. I love this. My favorite Christmas movie ever. It's because I, I love that I can relate to the Grinch. I'm a very, I can be a very grouchy person. I can be very <laughs> negative. Yeah. And, and and I and I love you know I love to stir the pot sometimes with some things that I say, and I love the like I just I, I love the fact that I can relate to him with certain things. So of course I'm a little bit biased. Also, well, I mean it's it's a silly kitty reason, but my favorite color was green growing up. And I when I saw him on TV when I was little, you know when the movie came came out when I was little, especially on TV, obviously green. I gravitate towards that. So green, um, you know. I, I like the fact that it's just like, and also just Jim Carrey is the only one that can pull something like, 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 because they said that they, they wanted somebody when they were considering making this movie, they wanted somebody that could either be, there was one of four people that they potentially wanted. It wasn't like they cast them. They just potentially wanted when they thought about making this movie, they wanted Jim Carrey, Jack Nicholson, um, Robin Williams, Robin, or, people say Robin Williams would have been good for this movie. He would have been terrible. I know Mrs. Doubtfire is Mrs. Doubtfire, but I I don't think it would have worked. Yeah, because because Robin Williams, I mean, he's done he's done a lot of against role type of you know against type roles, but this movie doesn't seem like it would fit him for whatever reason. Yeah, whatever reason. what what's the last one though? And I forget the last one. Uh, the last one was somebody that wouldn't have made sense. Um. I, I can look it up real quick. Give me two seconds. Fun facts about uh, Jim Carrey's grant. Like, there was one more. I just, uh, it was somebody I didn't agree with either. Um, where is it? It was on, was it on screen. Oh, Mental Floss. That's where it was. It was, oh, and Dustin Hoffman. Oh, 
what yeah, that's, what what that that, that that's would weird. Been, that would <laughs> be completely wrong. So like Jack or Robin, I could see those, but well, yeah. Well, the reason I mean why it's not I, Jim, but like yeah, they're, they're, I, those they're, I I get. The but reason yeah. why they, the reason why they probably wanted Jack is because what he did with the Joker. Yeah. yeah. So that that's that's why. But I think at that point he also would have been probably too old for it too. Yeah. Jim Carrey was just the right age for this kind of movie too. So like to, and Jim Carrey, like and the thing is what what got him the part, believe it or not, was he went to Audrey's house, which is obviously Dr. Seuss's uh widow, and she wanted to talk to him, but she didn't want to talk to Jim. She wanted him she wanted to talk to him as if he was in character. And you know what he showed up to to the meeting with, like and what character he played? He showed up as his Man on the Moon character, Andy Kaufman. And, yeah, I gotta and, watch that movie. And and she said that when when she told him to make a Grinch face, he made that smile, that creepy smile. He <laughs> made in the movie. She knew immediately that she wanted him to be the Grinch. So, um, so it's me. It's just perfect how it all came together too. So it's it's one of my favorites for all those reasons. I love it. It's it's never gonna change out of my top five. I feel like. Well, I, we should have done it this week, but we don't, we're not gonna have time. Obviously, we don't have time. We went, we went over. But I was gonna say we should, we should have done like our top five like rankings of Christmas movies. We can do it next week. I'm down to do yeah. it next week. Yeah, that's fine. It's New Year's, so we can do it. Um, oh my God, this is gonna finish last on my list. It's just, it's so bad, but it's so good at the same time. <laughs> It's oh Jesus! Uh, I know this is probably going to finish high for you, Brandon Shane. Where do you have this in the rankings of the movies we've done? I mean, it's definitely lower. Like it's <clears throat> see the the praise that I gave it earlier, right? I should have clarified that was all like in the context of a a Christmas movie and b a you know a, a movie that was adapted from a short source material. For those criteria, the bar is already very low. <laughs> because, let's be honest, Christmas movies, as fun as they are, they're not particularly well-made, usually. Yeah. Um, and, you know, adapting a, a short story like that to a full-length movie is usually a disaster. Um, so, considering those things, this movie is excellent. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's not like, you know, I, I, I've never watched this movie, even as like as fun as it is and as creative as I think it is. I've never watched it and thought, oh, yeah, this is amazing. This is cinema right here. You know, it's like, no, it's, that's not what it is. No. Um, but it doesn't. But it shouldn't be like it's, you know, it, it's because it's. Because it, it's a fun Christmas movie. So, yeah, you know, yeah, again, I feel like they had a goal with this movie and they hit it. Right. Like sometimes right. sometimes it's never about making an like people have to understand there's some movies where the intention is to make an amazing film. Right. Like this year, Oppenheimer. Right. I think it's a perfect example of that. The intention is to make a cinematic film. Some people, they do a film and their intention is just to throw things at a wall and just have fun and be ridiculous. And this movie hits on that. So as much as I think this movie's horrible. It's horrible for a good reason. They didn't, and that's another thing too. I just love when actors have fun with their roles. Jim Carrey had so much fun doing this. You can tell, uh, and it and it's and it's awesome. It's just awesome to see that. So that's kind of my opinion on this film. I think it's horrible, but I think 
regardless of it being really bad, I, I do enjoy the fact that they're just like, all right, we want to make this movie. We want to make it as crazy as possible. We want to adapt this source material. Let's just go for it. And they hit it right on the head. So that that's my overall opinion on that. Shane, what are we doing for New Year's? We're probably going to record on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday after New Year's, like the second or the third. Uh, so we won't that's, see you guys for another week. But uh, what's our what's yeah. our New Year's film? That's a great question, Rob. And um, uh, I, I don't have an answer for you. It's <laughs> um, fine. We can wait. We have like a I, whole week to figure it out. I mean, yeah. I. Um, so this was. Let's see. So last, let's see. Last week when we did Brokeback Mountain, that was the last movie on my list of ones for us to do. Um, you have two more weeks left, by the way. Week eighteen, you have to go out with a bang. And obviously, during during the playoffs, we're going to do Pan's Labyrinth to right. sublet what we missed on that week. Or um, wait, 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 wait. Um, no, since since Pan's Labyrinth. Is back in January, you said? Like, when? In, what, do we know when in January it's on TV? I think we're going to do it like conference title week. Do you know when it's on TV? Uh, like, is it January look. 1st? Uh, let me look. Because that would help. Next. Let me look. Because if it's on early January, we can save it for week 18. <laughs> we can, but I also want to make week 18 like Shane's big... Uh, like, his big finale i guess well yeah because i was gonna say um because i want the case because i was because <laughs> i was thinking we uh we do it this week yeah but like i can do it week 18 it's no big deal um uh let me look at what it what says. i because we're just deciding to do it on tubi so we can watch it for free uh, it is coming. Jan- thinking... It is coming January first on Tubi, but it's oh, okay. coming on January first, so we'd have to do it yeah. very quickly. So I just, I think we should wait for um, what it, is it? Week seventeen next week? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, next week week yeah. seventeen. Let's just save it for the playoffs. Uh, I think that's easier. Okay. I would rather, I'd rather not rush it. I'd rather give us a week to do this movie, or, or just week eighteen. Or we can just um, do it week eighteen, and we can give you wild card totally week for well. your. We can give you wild card week for your big romp, and then like shift. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, because yeah, it still lines up for for one of us to do a divisional round and then conference kind of round. Sure, let's do that. I'm good with that. I like that. Yeah. So that means this week, let's do the one that I was originally going to do for the finale, um, and this is. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The good, the well, Brandon's excited yeah. for that. Um, the, we we did a western earlier in the season, but that was more of a you know contemporary like neo western crime drama. This is a just a true classic Clint Eastwood spaghetti western. Um, this is nineteen sixty six, a three hour long this- film too. Yeah, a lot of people can also consider this like to be like the western that like defines westerns. Like when people think of westerns, they think of this movie. And oh. most people our generation haven't seen it, so I feel like it's 
it's yeah. worth discussing. To be honest, um, this is a great movie to pick for this week since we're not recording for a full week. It's a three-hour-long movie, and we have like a week to get it done. So this makes a lot of sense. It is a little. It is a little long, but um, but we have like a, basically an extra yeah. like four days to get it done. So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'd like to do that one, um, and then close out with Pan's Labyrinth. Um, Sweet. So then our plan is going to be we fit close out with Pan's Labyrinth for week 18. Uh, Brandon, can you take Divisional Weekend? Do you want to take Divisional Weekend or Wildcard? What do you want? Uh, I I don't know. Why are we saving Wildcard for Shane's Big Bang? This is his Big Bang movie. It's the oh, this good, the bad, and the ugly. So, so this is his technical conclusion. Then we do Pan's Labyrinth. Do you want? Because I've already decided what film we're doing for me. We're doing book smart. smart. We're doing book smart. Okay. Uh, uh so uh, do you want to rebound after uh after the wild car, after Pan's Labyrinth, which is oh. kind of dark. So, okay, so do, do you want to take the visual round then, so you have some extra time? <clears throat> yeah, I'll take the visual. That's fine. By that by that point, the Eagles might be finished. So, <laughs> uh, and then. Wait, and then, so, that's week 18, we're doing Pan's Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. So then, we have, what are we doing conference title week then? Are we just, uh, well, do you guys, title do, week, do you I will guys, be in Hawaii, so, um, so, okay, so, so my, I'm going to be, I'm going to be doing the pod from the pool. Um, uh, so, gonna... so let's, let's, uh, let's like save conference week for uh we'll figure it out okay so here's my plan we'll save conference week for because i actually want to give you guys some time we can talk about this now i'm actually tempted to talk about this now since we have some time so let's save it for so conference week let's just skip it let's skip a week let's do let's just focus on the games because we're getting to the super bowl uh then it will give you guys two weeks to do this uh Super Bowl week is going to be we're going to make our own playlists and we have to listen to it and review it. Every song that you put in has to have a reason for why it's in there. Um, It has to just kind of make sense. Like, why is this song being put in there? And I guess my question is, do you guys want it? Because I feel like I'll do mine on Spotify. You guys can do it on kind of whatever platform you choose as long as we have access to it. Um, how many songs do you guys think is worth putting on that list, giving the idea that we'll have two weeks to listen to it? So basically, the deadline to get it done will be like the Monday after Divisional Week or Tuesday after Divisional Week, let's say. We'll have two weeks to listen to it, basically three, because we record Super Bowl Sunday. We record Super Bowl the Monday after because it's the Super Bowl. Um, how many songs do you guys want to put on in there? Like, what's the maximum amount of songs you guys want to put in? Do you guys want to put in 15? Do you guys want to put in 20? Do you guys want to put in 10 each? Like, how... I was thinking how maybe, like, 10 each. 10 each? Yeah, 10 yeah. is fine. 10 is like fine. Like, it's like, it's like, that's, like, the standard length of an album these days. Okay, uh, alright, we'll do 10. Uh... Sounds good. So, 10 songs. I will make that do the Tuesday after Divisional Weekend. So, Divisional Divisional Sunday. Then we have Monday, and then you have the Tuesday to finalize it and send it in. Uh, Also, we do our massive movie ranking. 
Uh, oh shit! Oh crap! Okay, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never no, mind. we can still no, we we can still do that. We could do the movie ranking for conference title week, and then do Super Bowl week. Which okay, yeah, okay, let's do that. I like that. Yeah, 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 no, I like it. I like it. I like it. So deadline to put in the songs will be Tuesday. I will also, if you guys do it on Spotify, it'd be easier. But I will also release the songs um, on our social media platform. So I'll release the playlist as well, uh, so we can give, so people can give their own opinions on it as well. Uh, so the Tuesday after divisional week will be the deadline for turning those in. I'll make it Tuesday night um for that and then conference week we do our movie rankings of every film we did and then super bowl week uh we do the film is actually we do the playlist which actually gives you three weeks because pro bowl week and we're obviously doing our uh own thing for pro bowl week pro bowl week we'll have a fun show on sunday we'll have our awards um so i was thinking about doing the movie rankings pro bowl week but yeah we should save it for conference week so uh yeah that, that will That'll basically be it. So Pro Bowl week, we'll do our fun Pro Bowl Sunday show. And then sometime in the midweek before NFL honors, we will do our NFL awards show, which we just kind of go through different awards, stuff we made up, official awards and things like that. So that'll be Pro Bowl week. Um, conference week, we'll do the rankings from the movies and Super Bowl week, we'll do playlists. So that'll be it uh but for us have a great and happy new year you guys merry christmas thank you guys for coming in on this wonderful holiday um but we will we'll see you all after new year's i think we're going to be recording on either the second or the third one of those two days uh for sure for sure we'll be recording um and then obviously week 18 we'll record right after the games on sunday since we'll have the playoff matchups completed um so we'll see you guys at uh in 2024 thank thank you guys for a great 2023 yes thank you all happy holidays and happy new year to see you see you next year i love saying that yeah, see you <laughs> next year that's, see you in 2024 that's so, that's, that's so that's so corny sometimes but, but it's like <laughs> no but seriously, seriously well, yeah thank you guys for a great 2023 we still have two good weeks left we still have you know playoffs left should be good we got some fun stuff left so We'll see you guys literally next year. But, uh, uh, you know, this was a good 2023, good season so far, or a wild season, I should say. Um, and, you know, I can't I can't thank everybody enough for listening. That's a, that's a big thing. And then, you know, for you too. So, you know, you guys make the show what it is too. So, you know, love it, love it. Yeah, I said this when we said Merry Christmas, but this is the best crew uh, I've ever worked with. Um, I'm glad to work with uh, you, Shane, and you, Brandon. Uh, we hope to expand the crew as we go. Uh, thank you uh, as well to Sports Ethos for allowing us this platform uh, this year. Uh, to Dan Bresperis, to David Williams, our, our director of, I guess, NFL Affairs. He's, he's been leading us over the last few months. And uh, Dan Bresperis, who's the fantasy guy or the fantasy basketball guy at Sports Ethos and our main boss. We can't take them enough. We can't also thank our uh, other shows from the Bengals show to the Falcons show to all the other uh, team cast, the NFL team cast, as well as the ML the NBA, the MLB, hockey, everyone else. Uh, thank you guys also for helping us promote this show over the course of the year. Um, we can't wait to continue on to 2024. So uh, thank you, Shane. Thank you, Brandon. And Thank especially if you, all of you have been listening over the course of 2023. And we'll see you in the new year, everybody. Yes, sir. Take care, everybody. See you all in the new year. <laughs>